What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of the Stardom Cast is sponsored by Puro TV, your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favorite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardomcast. Welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Matt Turner and the world-renowned Joshi expert herself, the Io Shirai, to our Hazuki and Azumi. It is Karen Pearson. Karen, how are you? Uh, the prodigal daughter returns to the Stardom <laughs> Cast. I am... On the mend from my uh, my sinus infection, but I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. I mean, you do seem to be ill every time you do this podcast. Now, I am going to start thinking that you're just allergic to me and Matt, um, <laughs> which, which is fine, and I doubt you would be the only person. Um, but no, it's lovely to have you on, and I can't wait to start talking about this fantastic show with you. Matt, as we said before we came on air, I'm amazed you're here like comatose not comatose and you know just in a mood to talk about tam time because i genuinely thought that you would just be still hung over from that time well you know i I said before i'm not wearing a watch but uh on everybody's watches clocks and phone as of about quarter to seven uh eastern standard time on sunday morning (laughs) it is officially tam time so uh folks if you're I know sometimes the world can be a scary and dark place, but uh, if we all just uh, hold those hands and believe in Tam, we will all walk the Tam road. <laughs> I can imagine at the end of that show, Tam is there conducting the Yokohama audience in a believe in Tam like chorus, and you're just there in your living Kumbaya. room on your own, just cheering for Tam, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually as soon as like the match was over, I was like I had to hurry up and go to work, 
work a half a day, drive back home. And then that night, my mother-in-law for Christmas got all of us tickets to go see this Queen tribute band. So literally, I think I was running out about three hours. I think I was up for like 22, 23 hours straight. And I was like, oh, like I like Queen. This will be okay, but I'll probably fall asleep. Like two songs in, the lead singer was a phenomenal replica of Freddie Mercury, showmanship the whole nine. And I was rocking and rolling. And I think we were in the car about five minutes on the way home. And next thing I know, we were in, we pulled up to our house. So uh, <laughs> I did not drive home. Probably why. I did not. And I had zero alcohol, zero alcohol. I was just so tired. Which is why we just started driving. Next thing I know, I was like, oh, how did we get here? <laughs> well, six and a half hours the full show ran, um, which was just utterly insane what we'll do is to anyone that's listening in the podcast realm obviously karen needs to go after an hour um so what we'll do is we'll do the review first of all-star grand queendom and then karen can go and do what she needs to do and then me and matt will carry on with the news and i know matt you wanted to talk about um, alk versus my Himmy. we'll do all that afterwards so that karen isn't waiting looking at her watch going hurry up you pair of buffoons it's only because I'm actually at the office today, so I'm using my lunch break. Oh no! Guys. Yeah, so I'm not at home, so I can't like you know finagle, be a little more flexible. It's like I have a hard out at one o'clock, so I have actually work. I have work to do today, so that's Sorry. fine. Sorry, no, guys, it's absolutely fine. Thank, Thank you, you so much for out. making time for us. We really do appreciate it, but. Let's not be around the bush anymore. All-Star Grand Queendom, April the 23rd, 2023, in front of a reported 5,000, sorry, lost my notes, I'm briefly, 5,539 people. It's the largest attendance in stardom history, beating out the uh, reported attendance of 5,500 of um, the Ria Goku show in 2013. And it is only beaten, of course, by historic crossover. But as that was a New Japan and Stardom cross-promoted show, it is the largest soul-promoted attendance in Stardom history. It's the largest Joshi attendance since the year 2000 when All Japan ran Yokohama. So it is a huge, huge, huge deal for stardom um overall sort of feelings about the show um this has been built to by stardom as sort of the next step almost this big history making show and before we dive into each of the matches what did you think do you think they achieved that goal do you think this show is going to be something that's looked back on as yeah that was the moment that the catapult of stardom started karen what about you it will hopefully in the future it doesn't run six and a half hours again well no <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was like wrestle kingdom long it and was. wrestlemania long and you know for us it, for us on the east coast here it was a 2 a.m start i woke up at two my body said you're sick what are you doing went back to sleep woke up at yeah. 5 30 and real saw it was mina shirakawa and ten, uh uh, Sayakamitani, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a semi-main. I didn't realize they had rearranged the card at that point, and then there was still another like two and a half hours of show left. Um, I think it was an exceptional show. I, it kind of, it's kind of frustrating because it's very close to you know the recently Dream Queendom that was in December. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I always felt that Dream Queendom was the the bookend of the end of a stardom like you know 
first time is academic, the academic, the academic year. That's the end of the year, <laughs> and then January starts the new year. Mm. So I don't know if this is supposed to be more of like to tie into that All Star Dream Cinderella, you know, anniversary show style, where this is the the launching point of the new year of stardom. But then you have these three months of you know January to March, and you're like, what are we doing? Mm. Well, it's been obviously stardom want to run a big show in April and March every year they've done it in 2021 2022 2023 they just haven't got the branding right have they i mean you've got all-star dream cinderella which was the budokan show you've got world climax at sumo hall um and now you've got all-star dream queendom now i know that um kidani has said that he wants to run the yokohama arena as sort of a wrestle kingdom for stardom uh, paraphrasing slightly um yeah. but i have a feeling that if you are going to do that you need some sort of consistent branding for the show um so whether they do choose to go with um all-star dream queendom and run it against dream queendom uh four months earlier then i don't know um it seems slightly confusing um, it, it, it just it just feels like with the new year to period it's mm. a high travel period and there's a lot because there's so much wrestling during that one week making that your big show can almost guarantee that you're going to have a lot of tourists mm. this being a random weekend in april domestically yeah you'll have a lot of attendance but you're not going to have all the fly-ins that come in for say a wrestle a kingdom. wrestle kingdom no no and it's the same when you're running shows in america a lot of people will run big shows during the wrestlemania week because of obviously the huge amount of flying um matt i know that you were incredibly yes. high on this matter but apart from the branding which we can't do anything about um what did you think overall of the show before we dive headlong into the pre-show oh the show was terrible done no <laughs> obviously i loved it that main event, going though. into it honestly honestly <laughs> uh, going going into it we um we knew the expectations were really really high and they really had to hit a home run here mm. and they really did and i just got done again i watched this show live it was it, one of the great things about watching this show is rob actually watched the show live as well he did you, yes. you were kind of texting back and forth which really added to uh and we'll get into a couple little you know behind the scenes things but they're texting that really kind of added to some of the things on the show that just made the show even better but um yeah like again i watched the show on roughly less than three hours sleep stayed up for the whole thing thoroughly enjoyed it just did my rewatch yesterday and enjoyed it even much more um again the expectations were high there were a lot of matches that hit the bar or even went above the ceiling one match in particular didn't was kind of a and again we'll get into it was kind of a dud um but uh really i mean this is it's in my opinion it's the greatest stardom show of all time it's probably my top five or six greatest pro wrestling show i've ever seen wow and uh folks if you know a lot about me i've watched a lot of wrestling in my 40 <laughs> years on this planet from a lot of different promotions i mean this is i'd really have to sit down and write it out i mean i know i had a lot of people asking me you think this is going to you know clear your top 10 and off the top of my head my top three is probably wrestlemania 17 wrestle kingdom 10 wrestle kingdom 11 those are like the three i go to but this is right in the mix mm -hmm. i mean this is just right in the mix a uh, lot of shocking results. Obviously, we did terrible on our picks, uh, Rob, and we'll get standard. into that. Absolutely it, standard. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at least we're consistent. <laughs> at least we're consistent, um, especially with the text that I got. It's like, wow, they put Mina and Saya that far down the card. Mark my oh words, my no title change. And I was like, that's the kiss of death right there. I believe my, <laughs> exact, <Mina's> <laughs> my exact tweet was... <laughs> text. Yeah, my exact text was something, yeah, just... 
mark my words, there is no way Sai drops his towel that low. Um, which is ridiculous. Like, oh, there, goes my, there, goes, there goes my dream of Hazuki winning the belt on the next pay-per-view in her hometown. So uh, that's, you know, for everybody upset, Sai lost. Blame Blame the handsome gentleman over there. But <laughs> the I will corner. say that that is up there with, and I might, I might very well clip the soundbite from our preview show, um, where I believe both of us, even Matt, who is uber, uber Tam, I believe both of us said, and I quote, there is not a chance in hell Tam Nakano is beating Julia. Julia is going to hold this championship until at least the end of the year. That was what both of us said, and we were so confident, so confident. Even I even said that. I mean, a lot and of people Karen saying did that as well. That, we heard your picks, yeah. Karen. We read them out. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'd like to say that I think by and large my picks were almost all right. But that Julie one, I was like, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to the tell him to draw or not. <laughs> I must admit, and it's. We will get into the match in a moment. I must admit, <laughs> one one thing that really did sort of stand out about the live experience, about watching these things live, because it was six, seven o'clock, I think, um, our time. And um, the moment that Tam hit the violet screwdriver, I thought that my thing had skipped. I thought my feed had skipped and I'd missed the count. I thought that she'd kicked out. And then the music hit, I was like, um, um, um and they just carry i was like i cannot believe what i'm watching but there we are we'll get into that and uh lots lots more but before we do get into that main card let's have a look at the pre-show uh which aired for free on youtube and comprised two matches we had the yokohama rumble um the 17 woman uh, yokohama rumble where may sakurai won by last eliminating all of the stardom machines in one fell swoop in 26 minutes and 38 seconds unfortunately one of the big talking points coming out of this rumble um was the injury to momokogo um which of course took her out of the english commentary and we'll talk about that in a moment because i thought mariah may did an absolutely wonderful job um standing in on literally very very little uh sort of time i thought she did a great job and i thought chris charlton and sonny gutierrez did a fantastic job as well um but obviously we wish momokogo the best of luck we hope that she's okay chris charlton i think phrased it as she's had a bell rung um at the moment i haven't seen any sort of confirmation the only thing i've seen is that she is definitely out of the golden week tour uh which rules her out of the first week in may so I am wondering if it is some sort of concussion, but obviously that's purely speculation on uh, on my end. No surprises in this rumble, um, aside from obviously uh, the legend Momo Nakanishi, who I would quite happily see have another high-speed run because honestly, I could not believe this woman had been retired for as long as she had. She looked and moved incredibly. Um Matt, did you think the right person won? Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I predicted May Sakurai was going to win. Um, what did you think overall about this uh, this rumble? Wait a minute. You had you you and Karen had the same picks. You said either Saida or one of the machines. Oh, Correct crap, did I? I think oh. that's what you had. You did, yeah. You had May Sakurai, and then you took her off the board. 
it was it's the one the one thing damn it the one, i thought i thought the hilarious thing about this rumble karen on our uh, preview show which did go three hours which was going to, um, did well we did we to be fair we did do the cinderella tournament final and the preview show so we sandwiched them all together one giant mega show is so we record it and then the next day they announced there wasn't going to be any surprises like we just thought we just knew there was going to be uh, Mama was the only person that was in it, and there wasn't gonna be any surprises. So on the pre-show, we're like, Yoko Bito's showing up, and Yuzuki Ayakawa's showing up, and oh man, what if we get Arisa Hoshinki? And this is Yokohama, it's a big show. What if they surprise us and give us like Aja Kong or Minomi Toyota? And we built this rumble up, it was gonna be this big thing, and then like the next day after we released the podcast, like, no, it's just everybody that's in the starting roster. Like, oh, all right, cool. Um, it was kind of just a fun rubble. It was nice to get everybody on the show as mm. almost, you know, one a payday and two a thank you to everybody that's been busting the tails to get started to this level. Um, there's nothing really anything that crazy that stood out other than the fact that like Hanan, as much as yes. we're high on her and big on her, now she it looked like she got the star from Super Mario Brothers and just looks like this big ultra <laughs> mega star. It's like the one maybe little thing she was missing that we just couldn't put her finger on. I'm like, there it is. And she's got it. And she's only 18 years old. And I'm really excited because again, we put her over all the time on this podcast, not only for her poppy entrance music, but she's a phenomenal in-ring competitor. She, is. she fits in perfect. She fits in perfect, not only on the starting roster, but the start, uh, the stars uh, faction as well. She does great job in her role there. We all know the sky's the limit for her. And then as soon as she came out, I was like, oh, wow. She looks like a completely different person. She looks like a star. Her whole presentation comes off as a huge star. And the fact that she's only 18 years old, this this starting roster just stacked. And now you're taking somebody in the middle of the car that maybe we can start pushing towards maybe a white belt match, maybe coming sometime towards the end of the summer. Like her and Mina in five, six months with a proper build. Yeah, you know, count me in. But um, yeah, once May, uh, May Sakurai got in there, I was like, oh, maybe she's going to win because her big thing is cutting these heel promos afterwards. And what a better place to do it in front of like 5,600 people. And sure enough, she did win. And then she uh, she cuts her, her 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 lordship or ladyship, or whatever gimmick she's doing promo in. So ultimately, yeah, it was fun. It was nice to see everybody on the starting roster get to be able to perform you know, in front of such a large crowd. It was a good rub for uh, May Sakurai, wasn't it? With her just having come runner-up in the Cinderella tournament, she's improved hugely over the last couple of years. But yeah, the pokey evolution of Hannah um, was fairly impressive. Um, the young lioness, as she's now being called. Um, Karen, I know obviously from your reaction that you were you were massively high on Hannah. And it's amazing what uh, colouring your hair can achieve, apparently. <laughs> You're like a completely different person. So the thing is that in Japanese school system, you have to have your natural color hair. So usually uh, you can't color it. Some of like the more like like uh, like technical schools or maybe not the necessarily top academic schools, they allow kids to color their hair. But by and large, it's usually your natural hair color until you graduate. So this was like Hanan coming out with this complete makeover. She has officially graduated everything. She is no longer the Joshi Kosei fighter. That's now Hina. Apparently yeah. that name has switched over to Hina. She is the young lioness. I love it. I love all of it. However, her costume isn't giving me stars vibes. It's giving me God's eye vibes. So oh. should there be some shifting around in the future? I could easily see her joining Shari's team. 
You heard it here first, folks. I mean, to I'm, be I'm fair. Give, give, me, give me two years for my victory lap. <laughs> okay, two-year victory lap. Bookmark <laughs> this episode, people. Um, <laughs> I, I can see that, to be fair, especially as you think her style. I mean, they are quite literally at New Blood running Hanan and Hina versus the Anaba sisters. You know, huh. sort of a... Mar- I, I know, I'm so excited. The, sort of a Let's martial go. arts thing. So if, you, if you're going on style, Hanan would be a great fit in God's eye. Um, I don't think Stars can afford to lose Hannon. I think it's more a case of Hannon, sort of, Stars can't afford to lose Hannon yeah. rather than, you know, Hannon shouldn't leave Stars. I think it's a case of Stars need her. I think Matt's it, absolutely it, right. Oh, go on. Sorry, Karen. Oh, sorry. No, one of the things about Stars is that it gets difficult when you have someone like Mayu because Mayu is like your Tanahashi, your Okada, even Naito. Mm. The persona and the character and the history is so big that anyone around them gets caught in their shadow and they have to work like three times as hard to get any recognition, which is why Tam ended up breaking off and leaving. And then, you know, every, all, like all her exes that are now in Uedo Tai and everywhere else, <laughs> it, it's the, they ha- Stardom needs to work on making the people who stand beside Mayu in stars mm-hmm. equal as like it, always in the spotlight. Cause I love Sai, you know, that's why she was my pick to win the rumble. She shouldn't have lost. But I guess that's because, you know, she, she had to go fight the stardom strong machine in the back. Mm. But it's, it's, <laughs> she, she, she's, she's a friend of the uh, the super strong stardom machines. But yeah. it, it, because... it's, they need to find a better way to constantly elevate the rest of stars because it always becomes like Mayu and friends. Yeah, and I think that was what they did really well with Arissa. I think Arissa was probably the last real person in stars who felt like Mayu's equal as opposed yeah. to someone in Mayu shadow. I think Azuki is almost there, but I still almost, think but almost still, but yeah. Still. I think Hazuki needs to win that big singles championship before she can be considered on Hazuki's uh, level. Matt, you were going to say something then. I was as as always, my friend, we're a half a world away and I was getting ready to say and you took the words right out of my mouth. I think Hazuki is right there between having that fantastic match with the Sayakamatani. Um uh, yeah, I mean one of the best matches of the year already and then Obviously, um, her getting the uh, the title shot with Mercedes and Azumi on that big New Japan show. Mm. She's being very, and again, and in, in this show, we'll get into it with Fuwa Chan. So she's been really, really pumped up, really well and rightfully. So obviously, if you listen to this podcast before, we're huge, huge fans of Hazuki, especially the fact that she does not have an off switch. She really all. doesn't. She goes from zero <laughs> no. to one hundred, and there's no in between. She, she's no, my five, my five star Grand Prix shortlist. Mm. It would not surprise me in the slightest if your final is Suzuki versus Micah. Would not surprise me in the slightest because You're Micah, big on that Micah. I, I'm, honestly, I'm big on Yutami versus Saya as the final. Yutami versus Saya Kamatani is my final. I could so, see Saya Kamatani making the final. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Karen's only got an hour. We'll, yeah, we'll be here. We'll, <laughs> well be here till tomorrow. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah, just <laughs> keep doing that. Next match. <laughs> um, next on the pre-show was our eight-woman tag match. The Uenatai team of Natsuki Tora, Ruakazaki Kashima, and Momo Watanabe defeating the Club Venus team of Mariah May, Zena, and Jesse, and satellite sort of member, but definitely not a member, definitely still in Donna Del Mondo Tecla um, with Kishkasai, nine minutes and 54 seconds. I didn't know how I felt about Club Venus effectively abducting Tecla and making her an honorary member of uh, Club Venus, and then I saw the entrance, and honestly I haven't <laughs> laughed at anything as much as Mariah, who, I'll be perfectly honest, I know Mariah May is 
in for quite a bit of stick on social media at the moment. I don't understand why. Um, but her dancing completely, like there was no reaction or anything, but doing the exact Club Venus dance to Tekla's Black Death Metal, like, <laughs> entrance theme dancing around poker face tackler honestly moment of the show you can have your tam you can have your end of wonder of stardom championship reign that dance was my uh was my pick for uh, and, she, and she's show. also like a good like foot and a half taller than tackler <laughs> oh that's, that's hilarious <laughs> jesse's it, massive yeah, no, like Te- Tekla is like their version of Natsupoi. Like she's like the 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 the, the pocket foreigner that they take. They I don't know if they've, they've adopted like adopted or abducted. It's it's somewhere. It's a very gray area. Yeah. For me, like I'm calling this group. Like I don't want to call them like the foreign wrestlers. I'm calling them the Venus Flytrap just because nice. bugs yeah. and plants and you know death metal. Yay. Yeah. Yes. But uh, it was honestly the, it was refreshing yeah one because you know the, often when the foreign foreigners were in like pre-bushiro stardom there was a lot of shtick and a lot of comedy and not so much serious wrestling but this kind of brought that camp fun feeling back mm. with some serious wrestling it was also there uh her and xena's high five to a uh, <laughs> tecla that was a her reaction was just absolutely priceless I thought hopefully, tech- hopefully it was all consensual and I'm pretty, fairly certain it was. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Tekla for uh, Club Venus? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, of course they come out to the, you know, anybody that listens to the show. Not Very loud music. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I thought it was great. And, she, and everybody, stu- everybody stuck to their shtick. Like, they nobody did. was like Mariah May yes. coming out. They stuck, like Tekla comes out, does this. They do the dance and then they double kiss Tekla and Tekla doesn't break. Like, I thought that was, like, you know, I mean, that woke me up faster than coffee. I thought that was hilarious. But uh, hey, buddy, we talked about on the show last week. We talked about it via text. We're here. Let's put our money where our mouth is. Karen, when we did our review last week, we did our predictions, and then we read, we read yours. Uh, this was the very first one that myself and Rob had. Uh, we were both on the Oedo Tai side, and you were on the uh, the Tecla side. And uh, we did say on the show, like, well, if we're right, we have to brag about it. And then as soon as the three count happened, <laughs> we're like, we got to brag about it. So, Karen, what do you know? <laughs> do you even watch Stardom, Karen? <laughs> there it is. I mean, God. <laughs> According to lead commentator Chris Charlton, whose name did they drop first on commentary? Oh, wow. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> well, we're not worthy. We're not oh. worthy. Hey, don't dish it out if you can't take it, fellas. <laughs> However, let's Absolutely be fair. They went, from, they went from Karen to Rob to me to the podcast. So, I mean, that's right there. Is That's a grand slam right there. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's the freedom. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> That is very true, very true. I mean, to be perfectly honest, we can talk. Yes, what a shirt. Um, to be honest, there's very little to talk about in the match. Um, it's It was very much a case of, it felt very much like the rumble in just trying to get everyone on the card. Um, but overall, I thought Natsukatori's gear was fantastic. Um, and we will be talking about gear games because, whew, there was some entrances and some gear on that show, wasn't there? And there were some women who did not just level up. They blew past it, um, Mariah and Amisori. Um, but, yeah, I thought this this was fine for what it was supposed to be. Um, there wasn't nearly as much a weather stick as I thought there was going to be. Um, it's such a shame, and we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, Matt, that there isn't a place on the main card for Momo Watanabe. 
that she's just on the pre-show. And I know that she will get a chance later on in the year. She'll have a white belt match or she'll be in the tag division or whatever. It's just, it is a shame that, you know, she's been one of the big hitters in stardom for so long and they had nothing else for her. I mean, you look at the main card, where are you going to put her? But um, yeah, it's a shame really. But uh, yeah, it was what it was um, and it did what it needed to do. Um, We opened the show proper with a fantastic match, a high-speed exhibition match with Mace Air and Starlight Kid. Uh, Mace Air, of course, being the former Mei Hoshizuki, uh, defeating Mace Ruga and Azumi with Mace Air getting the pinfall with the shooting star roll-up in 9 minutes and 49 seconds. A breathless opener. The best way to open this show. I loved the fact that they just went, right, this is the stardom high-speed division. This is what we do. Um... Maysera has been away from the ring since August 2021. And honestly, you couldn't tell that she missed a beat. She looked fantastic. I mean, to be fair, that first sort of exchange that she had with Azumi was just like, oh, okay, she could have wrestled yesterday. There was no ring rust at all. And it has suddenly become very, very clear as to why Azumi hasn't dropped the high-speed belt yet. Because we've had Starlight Kid, who has graduated from the high-speed division. I think they have been waiting for that person to come in to sort of take the take the mantle, maybe, from Azumi, and they haven't found that person. I think Maysera will be that person. And, of course, that's on the next pay-per-view, which we'll be talking about a bit later on. Overall, really thoroughly enjoyable match. All four women did really, really, really well. Um, Karen, what was your opinion on this match? I love me some high-speed hijinks, and this was another one that didn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I figured when uh, Hazuki and Azumi were in the IWGP match, and there was a couple of X's listed on this card, that this is probably one of the places that one of either of them was going to be slotted in. I did like seeing that Azumi ended up pairing with Mei Suruga as opposed to it being Mei, Mei, Starlight Kid, and Azumi mm-hmm. as like a very like oddball pairing. <laughs> um, I I... I enjoy. I always enjoy the high speed group. Mm. I, I just I, I understand that their, their placement on the the card is always important because it's a good way to heat up the crowd. But at the same time, so I'm always like, put some respect on their name. Put them higher on the card because like you know, <laughs> like Azumi's like Azumi's having that Kamatani style run with this belt, and like she's always on the bottom half of the card. I mean, four hundred and I think it's four hundred and something days now with the high speed championship, and she's eleven defenses in, having beaten uh, Sayakamatani. So, absolutely. I mean, I I fully expect, and this is a spoiler for later on. I fully expect Starlight Kid to be the next challenger for the red belt. Just putting that out there. Um, but in terms of, I completely get your point, Karen. Completely understand. Um, it, it very much reminded me of Wrestle Kingdom 9, Wrestle Kingdom 10, where you had the junior tag matches to heat up the crowd. And it struck me very much as a, right, let's get this crowd heated up. Off you go. Here's 10 minutes. Just go and do what you do. I did like the fact that they started Azumi and Starlight Kid pairing off. You've got that forever rivalry. Let's just keep that going. You've got the minor thread that Mesa and uh, Mesa Rugger, I believe, used to be tag partners, or they did some stuff together um, anyway. So they were familiar with each other as well. Um, overall, a really, really good match. Matt, what did you think of it? Yeah, amazing. I love the high speed division. Uh, just based, I have so much respect for it just because, you know, I love the hard hitting style and the submissions and, you know, the neck dropping style. And that's a lot of the style that I, as a wrestler, love to do. 
but that high speed division, let me tell you something. When you can't catch your breath, uh, Rob, I know you play soccer, <laughs> you're running, you can't catch your breath as you can't right now because you're out of breath just thinking about this match. <sighs> and, and you're trying to get to the next sequence and you're trying to think and you're trying to get the crowd involved and you're trying to sell. And this, I mean, it really can throw you off. And it just blows my mind how much lungs that all four of these lady have, ladies have, excuse me, but especially Azumi. It's like she just does this style and boom, boom, back and forth. And it's like she had these 20 minute matches with Starlight Kid where the last 90 seconds is like you're going high speed. I'm like, where are they getting the lungs from? And a lot of it just is the stardom dojo training. But yeah, I thought this match was absolutely great. It was just nonstop action. You had some really good tag sequences with Azumi and May and May and uh, Starlight Kid as well. And obviously they made sure they got their dives in. You know, the uh, Starlight Kid obviously did the signature Asai Moonsault. Zumi does the corner to corner post dive. It's so and then yeah, Mace Taruga does. Yeah. I love it how she like makes it like she's going to fall. Like she jumps up and she does it like, oh, like she's doing the back. So like, clearly, you know, she's not. Like that's all she's doing is just making it look more impressive because she's so good. And then of course, it does the thing that the, the deal where you whip her off the post. She jumps off the post and almost does like the tiger wall flip. But um, overall, yeah, phenomenal match. Great way to start the show. Started off with a bang. All four ladies came out of this match uh, looking like stars and doing it less than 10 minutes. Uh, you really didn't miss a beat. Everything, and again, one thing on the high-speed matches, and especially when you have a tag match, is if you're off a half a step, it kind of could throw a little bit of everything off, and nobody was off at all. Um, as far as star ratings goes, because we may as well get into that, my friend, I uh, this one at a solid four stars. Great way to start this start this show. Yeah, I had it at three and three quarters. I thought it was a really, really entertaining match, like you say. Um, there's loads and loads of things to take from me. Obviously, May Sarah getting the pinfall, and therefore she will be challenging next for the High Speed Championship, and I think uh, everyone that watched is sort of waiting and assuming that she will be taking the belt um she's not at the moment apparently joining a Weddertai. she made it very clear during the press conference that she is not affiliated with a Weddertai, that she is a freelancer um she is however booked on all of the dates on golden week and of course the next pay-per-view on the 5th of um on the 5th of may which i think is F- fukuoka goddess festival Some- something like that anyway Fukuoka goddess legend. Goddess legend, that was right. I knew there was a Fukuoka goddess. Excuse me. Yes, it was, absolutely. It was festival last year. year. It was Micah versus Saikamatani last year, it wasn't. It was a fantastic match. Um, but yes, so I fully assume that that will, uh, that will be on there, and I fully assume May Sarah will win. Um, she is a freelancer, apparently hasn't officially signed, but she's got lots of dates with stardom. We then also had the announcement that the five-star Grand Prix will be kicking off July 23rd uh, with the opening night taking place at Otterward City Gym and the finals being held on September the 30th at the Yokohama Budokan. Go on then. We're not going to talk loads about the five-star. We're still a good three months away from the five-star. If I had to ask you, pardon me, sorry, I've just realized that this is quadruple strength, and I put loads in thinking it was just normal squash, so it's absolutely acidic, um, <laughs> hence the coughing. Um, if I had to ask you now, 2023 five-star winner, September 30th, Yokohama Budokan, who is wearing that crown in the final... Karen, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Who do you think? Either Hazuki or Momo Watanabe. Wow, okay. Because Momo, Momo still wants the red belt. She hasn't gotten there yet. She needs a project. She hasn't. And to be fair, I didn't think Tam was ever going to get the red belt. Sorry, Matt. Um, 
I thought she was going to get it in December. I, she, she's about like seven months too early for me. <laughs> so, sort of, and anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute. Matt, what about you? Uh, I mean, there's so many people. Again, this is a further, further discussion. We could talk hours for it, but um, we won't. Kind happen, of just thinking about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, kind of just thinking about it, just to give you an answer. Honestly, I think uh, I think it's gonna be Julia again. I think that they kind of missed the boat a little bit with this long Julia reign. We kind of all saw it coming going into the five star. Obviously, she had the epic payoff with that great match with Shuri, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I think a lot of people the way that this the Tam match was built was like, okay, it's built for Tam, but it's like Julia is the person to go to. They don't like doing short title reigns. And maybe they just want to capitalize on all the press that Tam is getting, you know, from the album, regardless of whether Rob likes it or not. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe they just want to capitalize it, give Tam a run, have Julia go and chase again, because they're all in on Julia and have her be the first person to win the five star twice and go back to back and then have her beat Tam. Because I don't think that Tam rivalry is, it, it's like Okada Tanahashi. It can never be over, can never be over. Karen has her finger up. Uh oh, like Macho Man Randy Just Savage. because she's waiting so patiently, Karen. So, so what's the G? What's the G in IWGP? It's Julia's G. Oh wow! Ooh. It's like the G and G One Climax stands for Goto, the greatest right. wrestling so, T-shirt in history. Put, put that on the back burner as well. <laughs> um, I. With the main eventing sumo hall, I mean that seems to be what they're doing now with the um, with the five star. Um, I think they will do Julia again with Tam at some point. There's no way they finish with Julia having lost to Tam. I just don't see it. Um, I I'm gonna go Hazuki. I know that I was going to go Hazuki for the Cinderella. I was going to go Hazuki for the white belt. Eventually, if I predict Hazuki for something, she will eventually win. Um, You've been saying that about Azumi and the Cinderella. How's that going for you, brother? I didn't vote for Azumi <laughs> this year, and it went very well. Thank you, Matt. God. <laughs> yeah, I predicted Mirai M- May Sakurai in the final. Didn't everyone? <laughs> yeah if you had a time machine is that a DeLorean you're driving <laughs> let's move on then match 2 tag team match Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishi and Miyu Amasaki defeating the team of Fuwa-chan and Hazuki with the German suplex in 14 minutes and 19 seconds couple of things first things first I think we need to apologize for our preview I think we undersold just how big a deal Fuwa-chan actually is in Japan um, I think we sort of said that she was a YouTuber with a lot of followers. She's not just a YouTube personality. She's on primetime TV in Japan, which I didn't realize. And I didn't quite understand the magnitude of Fuwa-chan wrestling in a stardom ring. And obviously then it was announced that they were doing some some sort of simulcast with her own sort of this was being on put onto a TV show, um, which was, I think was two episodes as well. And, they had the extended um, bit with Okada training her and all sorts. So actually, um, uh, yeah, apologies. She's not just a YouTuber. Ignore our preview. She is, in fact, a primetime TV personality, a big deal in Japan. And perhaps more importantly in this case, I thought she did a bloody good job in the ring. I thought she, in fact, obviously I was watching it live and social media was a buzz with how well Fuwa-chan was doing actually in the ring. And it's very rare that you see sort of one uniformed opinion on Twitter because it is an absolutely horrendous place most of the time. But 
there wasn't a single person that was saying that she shouldn't have been in there, that she was out of depth, that she was doing things wrong. And that's a testament to her. It's a testament to her trainers in Hazuki and Kazuka Okada and everybody else that's had a hand in training her. And it's a credit to both Amasaki and especially Utami because Utami took a lot from Fua in this match. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fua then had a receipt in the form of that bloody lariat, um, which was just, I mean, what a bump that was from Fua. Um, but overall, the big thing to come out of this was that Fuwa-chan did an absolutely superb job in the ring. It's not a five-star classic by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think anyone was thinking it would be. Um, but overall, I thought she did a fantastic job. I thought everyone in the ring looked really, really good. Um, Matt, opinion on Fuwa-chan's second appearance in a stardom ring. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, star rating for me was three and three fourths. I thought this match was really over delivered. We thought it would be good on the preview show from the uh, the one match Fua had. She looked really good. Mm. Miyu was progressing really well, and Hazuki and Utami are two of the best, you know, in stardom. But we did even say probably Fua gets a couple things in here or there, make the majority of the match Hazuki and Utami. But little did we know, we were do- they were basically doing this mini document <laughs> series on her. So you're going to have to have her in the ring. You can't just have her standing on the apron. So, like, my one gripes about it, again, I'm a huge fan of Hazuki. My only gripe about the match, not enough Hazuki, but I understand why. The bigger <laughs> picture is to have her in the ring, is to have her in the ring, and you're going to get more eyes on, you know, obviously her in wrestling and her in stardom. Mm. But they did a great job. I mean, you did what she needed to do. Hazuki got over like crazy. Hazuki hit that uh, springboard double drop kick, and then um, Utami bumped to the outside, and then Miyu went to the uh, – to the the bottom rope and as before she started doing the boot scrape she got the crowd she took her time and paused and got the crowd into it and the Hazuki was over at that point on Hazuki was over like money you know with that crowd again it's the little small details you can do all the moves or whatever and that's fine but just for her just to take that pause to get the crowd into a channel along with the boot scrapes I thought that was great. And then you basically had almost a mini match towards the end with Fua and Utami. Utami did a great job getting Fua over, mm-hmm. which in turns with Utami getting the pinfall, which I thought was a shock. I don't think anybody thought Fua would be eating the fall here, which in return gets um which in return gets uh gets Utami over. So again, you know, if, if Fua's here, Utami brings her up to here, and then Utami pins her, then Utami's here. And that's the beauty about wrestling when you can do that. And it's another reason why Utami is just so great. But yeah, that lariat that she took, obviously Utami delivers it. Fua still needs to take a bump. And she took, as brutal as it was, it was a clean bump. You know, she didn't take it, it was a clean bump. And then Utami hits the German suplex, which is really smart because obviously she has the hijack bomb, the BT bomb, which are bigger, bigger bumps to take so it's like you don't your second match do you want to be taking that bump not really and not only that but then utami can also protect fua more with the uh with the german suplex mm-hmm. than she could with with the bt bomb or the hijack bomb like how she planted Kyrie in their in their match at the dream queen i think Kyrie's almost still trying to stick herself off the mat there but uh, yeah great match this match we, I, we thought it would be good uh, I didn't think it was going to be this good. This match really, really over-delivered, really enjoyed it. And at this point, I think me and you were texting each other back and forth because the one little concern we had about the show is there's so much wrestling that they're not going to give it time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the high-speed match had about 10 and this one, had they, this one they gave it time, like, okay, every single match is going to get time. And I know like, that was a big relief for me and you. And then, uh, yeah, excellent, excellent match. Yeah, I think actually the second shortest match on the main card, I think was the semi-main. 
I think the semi-main only went 12 minutes. And uh, obviously we'll talk about that um, in a little bit. But yeah, I thought they, they gave this a good amount of time. Um, Karen, what did you think of Fuwa Chan's second uh, match in stardom? So while this match, while this broadcast was uh, going on, I, through the power of the internet, was able to find a <laughs> live stream of ah. the pro- TV program uh, Gyoretsu no Dekiru uh, Horutsu Sodanjo. It's basically a variety TV show where they um, they do like a panel discussion on different topics, and they've been documenting Fuwa's journey at, through uh, professional wrestling. She ah. is a freelance comedian trying to get um, like spaces on regular like regular uh, reoccurring roles on different variety TV programs in Japan is a massive deal. And she and that show goes on at like, like nine o'clock, which is a golden time on Sunday night. Everybody watches the show. It's been around for 20 years. I watched it when I lived in Japan. It was one of my right. favorite TV programs. It's a big wow. deal. So on this one, I hope if anyone from Stardom is actually listening to this, Bushiroad, whoever, they need to get the footage of both episodes because the story they are telling in the show itself fills in so many of the gaps. They, they show the girls going on different locations with Fuwa Chan so she can get her training in. Like even if it's just like doing squats or sit-ups or whatever, they go and help her out to and fit it into her schedule. She goes to the dojo. Momoe Nakanishi trains her at the dojo. Okada, who's one of her favorite wrestlers, they have that special time where he, he teaches her how to do his drop kick. He also teaches her how to go to the top rope for the first time. And while they're watching, like while the match is being streamed live, they're, um, the, the panel is watching it. They dedicated the last 45 minutes of this program to f- watching Fuwa Chan's match in its entirety. Oh, wow. With, with Keiji Muto there. <laughs> of course, Muto he was, part, was there. <laughs> he was part of the panel. And then afterwards, the show closed with Hazuki and Fuwa Chan brought, like, in, in, the, in the locker room with a live feed telling them about the match. So it's like, they, there was like, they, there was just so much information. Like, like Chris and Sonny did a great job of giving the, the bare bones mm. information on it. But like the, the video package that Stardom broadcast versus what the TV put, uh, the, the show put together for her, there's so much more in it. It, may, it makes it all the more compelling. Mm. And it's like, like she, she, like, this is one of the Cinderella stories of Stardom for 2023. I'm, I'm convinced. Is she gonna, is she gonna have a five-star classic with anyone this year? No. But for her second match, she's not, yeah, she's not just a YouTuber with a million followers on her first channel. She has two channels, by the way. There uh, you go. See, there you go. <laughs> she's got two. One of them has at least a million. But it's, it's like, you know, you, we talk about like in like WWE, you know, you've got Bad Bunny going into the ring and Logan Paul or Jake Paul or whichever the one of the Pauls or like the jackass guys. This is like that. But very few women do this hmm. which makes it in itself fascinating and that she's taking it seriously you know utami kind of talked down to her a little bit being like oh we, this is your we'll, we'll, we'll like we'll show you how it's done but at the same time they respect how she's managed to balance her professional career and carve out so much time when she doesn't have that much time to train properly and regularly with the girls 
And I think that I think she reaped the benefits of all that training as well because she looked. She must have been terrified. Like obviously, yeah. you know, she's a stand-up comedian. She's used to performing in front of people. She's on TV in front of you know however many people. She's used to that sort of thing. But doing something for the second time in front of five thousand people has got to be nerve-wracking, whoever you are. And yeah. aside from the odd slip, maybe you know the odd little clunky bit. I think she did tremendously well. I gave it three and three quarters as well, Matt, if we're going into star ratings. But um, yeah, I thought the match itself was really good. I'd love to see the documentary, preferably with English subtitles. Thank you, Stardom World. Um, um, just so that we understand. And um, I think you mentioned actually, Karen, the uh, the video packages. I thought the video packages as a whole, I mean, that Tam and Julia one, good grief. That, oh, that was incredible. What a video package that was. Um, but I digress. Overall, really good match. Well done, Fuwa-chan. Look forward to seeing you in the ring again. Um, match three then. Oh, my God, I was not okay during this. Um, we have Himika's <laughs> retirement match. Micah defeating Himika with the Mishinoku Driver 2 in 14 minutes and 17 seconds. But that Mishinoku Driver 2 tells you very little of the story. Um, uh, I saw someone on Twitter say that they did the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair thing with, I'm sorry, I love you, but did it with a shoot headbutt and three Michinoku drivers. Um, yeah, if if Himika was going out, then she was going out hard. She was doing planches. She was doing dives off the top rope. It was very much a case of, I'm not doing this again, so I'm going to go out properly. She came out with a damn crown. The Jumbo Princess came out with a damn crown, looked incredible, and yeah, I text you, Matt, just saying I am, I am not okay. Micah, <laughs> Micah, as she's headbutted her best friend, shoot headbutted her friend, and it's not even the worst shoot headbutt on this show. Um, <laughs> Jesus, for better. <laughs> oh my God! So she headbutts her, and then says, "Please kick out." Because she doesn't want this match to end because she knows if the match ends, Himika's retired. And it's heartbreaking. And it was so legitimate. It Something like that can come across as very carny and very fake. But again, Chris Charlton and Sonny Gutierrez did a fantastic job of putting over just how close Micah and Himika actually are outside of the ring, putting over their friendship and how, you know... It's not just a case of wrestling for them. They are so close outside of the ring as well. And that real emotion in Micah especially. Himika managed to hold it together really well. It was Micah that went to pieces. Um, but that just, it makes you more invested in the match. It hits you in the feels, very much in the feels. Um, and I thought this was the perfect send-off to the Jumbo Princess. Um, and obviously, we're going to do it all again, all of the sadness again, on uh, the 14th of May at a uh, retirement ceremony in Corrigan Hall. But uh, Karen, did you manage to stay dry-eyed during this because you're a better person than I if you did? Absolutely not. I have a heart. <laughs> I'm not a machine. Uh, I, my Hime, they were my girls. They were my favorite like tag team in stardom for a very long time. Yep. Uh, I was fine until I heard Micah scream for her to kick out. And then it was just, 
I had a lot of ugly crying. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. I was like uh, after the match, like splotchy red face, like because on top of everything else, I can't have caffeine right now. So there was that. So I was tired and cranky and snot nosed and disgusting, and I was fine with it. Uh, uh, yeah, and then like you know, I after like of course later or earlier today, I watched back the Mikey May versus Ali Kaba match. I was like. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> but man, I it it her retirement road came and went so fast, and she had so many matches. Mm. This was probably my favorite of this series, only because in some of the tag buildups to this match, it felt more about Julia versus Tam than actually about Himeka. Mm. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way mm. because Himeka's retirement road should be about Himeka, not about building Julia and Tam where they can, they can build that match anywhere. They could build it in a parking lot. They've done it. They've done it in bikinis. They've, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. So, but it, 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 that this match just had such a sense of finality, especially in the pre in the, the press conference when Micah was basically like, I want you to beat the brakes off of me because I'm not doing this again. You're, I'm not going to come back. This is my very, 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 very last match. Even though, you know, there's Jumbo Forever with Wave Pro Wrestling, sorry, later this week. But that's like the, they're calling it the epilogue of the Himeka. It's the epilogue. of, But it's, it's bittersweet because I always hoped I always wanted a single belt run for her, but when she said that she knew that that was never going to happen, I'm like, at least she came to terms with it and she did it on her. She, it was, she was her choice. Not that she, and she wasn't forced into doing it. Yeah. I, both me and you, Matt, when we both thought that my Himmy were locks to win the goddess of Stardom tag league. And um, Karen too. When I first time I yeah. met Karen, that was the first. I shook her hand. Here's my business card. We'd love to have you in the podcast. Who's winning the Goddess tournament? And like my, I said, right. me and Rob have the same pick, and maybe that's maybe because we jinxed it. Maybe that's what happened. <gasps> yeah, son of a biscuit. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was at that point that me and Matt started talking on the podcast about well, what's next for Micah and Himika? They've won the Goddess belts. You know, they haven't won. Um, the tag league. Then they got the challenge um, against Seven Up, and then they lost. So we were like, "Huh, this is weird." Um, and then obviously Himika announced a retirement, and it sort of fell into place as to why that was. But it is a shame that we didn't get a uh, Himika, sorry, singles belt run. I don't know where else it would have come. To be perfectly honest, because. I don't think she should have beaten Utami. I don't think she should have beaten Suri. I don't think she was the one to beat Sayakamatani. It was very much a case of bad timings, I think, for Himika. When the roster's as stacked as it is, you can only have a certain amount of singles champions. You look at people who, you know, haven't held the wire, the red belt, Hazuki, Mika, um Azumi, Starlight Kid. Um, Momo Watanabe's never held the red belt so you know it's difficult I understand that it is it is a shame though that we're never going to get that Himika singles run which obviously I knew was coming uh, Matt how did you feel about the end of uh, the Himika road 
you know that's just the beauty of wrestling because i know that you were you you were you know quite teary-eyed and obviously you know karen wasn't a lot of people were and the fact that this was only the third match <laughs> they <laughs> literally could have they literally, yeah they literally shuffled bankrupt <laughs> they literally could have shuffled this card and put this on as the main event even with all the title changes gave this match four or five more extra minutes and i don't think anybody would have complained but this was the third match mm-hmm. um and i think i text you because we were kind of going back and forth on our star ratings and i said after this match i said let's just save it for the podcast i think you had it at four and a quarter I did, yes. and um i was right there with four and a quarter but i judged it not bell to bell i went from curtain to curtain so just with obviously the micah entrance and she's a star it doesn't matter if she's if it's a cork and hall here 400 people you can tell when she cuts that curtain she's a star and she owns that crowd obviously i mean on that stage i mean let's talk about that stage for a second that was wrestlemania-esque like they i mean they went all out on the production and rightfully so but she comes out and then they kind of do this little behind the scenes video of uh himika and then all of a sudden her theme plays and then she pops up through the through the stage like she's Rey mysterio and she's in the crown and she's in the dress and just so you have that and then you have the phenomenal match you know back and forth great stuff like i said Himika with the uh, with the with the with the plancha and then taking the suplex the stalling suplex on the outside and then Micah does a great job on the superplex but it looks like she can't get her and then she puts her down it looks like she can't get her but you know she has full control she's not going to it's again very much like into the zoomy selling like can I make this dive they're just so talented enough that they're bringing that eye like oh is they're going to crash clearly she has her full control they traded the rainmakers uh the concussion bomb liger bomb and then you yeah, have the uh, the Mijinoka driver into the you know Shawn Michaels Ric Flair I love you shoot headbutt followed by two back to back Mijinoka drivers so you have all that and then you have the great speech afterwards and Himika just seems like she's just so happy with her healthy and then the fact that the two of them leaving the ring hand in hand and there's just that shot of the two of them holding hands as they're going into the curtain with the giant screen you throw that and then you throw Mina doing the ring announcing who. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I'm, from what I, I mean, Karen, you might know this better than me. Um, from what I understand, when Mina and Himika were in, I think it was Actress Girls, Mina was the ring announcer for, I think, maybe her first match. And I don't know if my research there is right. She's shaking her head. I got, look at that, one in a row. Uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Proud but you, uh, <laughs> man, there you go. That's it. It's all downhill from here. But uh, so you add that in. The fact, and it's not like Mina doesn't have anything to do. She's got the biggest match of her life coming up in like an hour. So the fact that she, that, that they did that and then, like I said, everything just, it wasn't just bell to bell. It was curtain to curtain. So I was right there with you, four and a quarter stars, but I bumped it up at four and a half stars for all that. And again, we were three matches into this show and I and my scorecard already have two, four plus four star matches going in. And uh, other than this next match we're going to talk about, it really doesn't get in, It just starts getting better, you know, from there. So uh, excellent, excellent presentation. Again, that's the beauty of pro wrestling when they can make you feel that emotion where you're crying because you're sad yet happy mm. all at the same time. It's just what, what makes pro wrestling, pure pro wrestling, when it's done at its finest, just the best. Absolutely. Um, match four then. Um, the Goddess of Storm Championship match. The New Era's Mariah Namisori defeating 7-Up, Nene Takahashi, and you, the champions, via countout, 12 minutes and 25 seconds they become the new goddesses of stardom champions um it was look everyone is gonna have an opinion on this match and we will certainly get to those in a minute let's start with the positives 
Um, Mariah and Amisori looked fantastic as they came down to the ring. They had up-leveled their gear and then some. Um, Amisori had got long hair. I don't understand how extensions work, but now she has long hair. <laughs> Completely different hair. She looks like... She looks brilliant. She looked amazing. Mariah, of course, carrying herself like a superstar, having just come off the back of back-to-back Cinderella wins. And then we get the match. Um, the match itself was fine. Um, it lacked a lot of the intensity and a lot of the... A lot of everything, really, that their previous matches has had, both in the Triangle Derby and in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Um, and then we had what can only be described as a wet fart of a finish. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't even aware that in Stardom Countouts changed the title. Um, I don't know how many titles have ever been done via Countout in Stardom. I'd be very surprised if there are many at all. Um it just seemed very messy, unnecessarily. I don't understand how Nanai Takahashi, who has literally just come off the back of being rolled up by Wakasuki Armour, who hasn't won a match in 170 matches in two and a half years, but she's fine being rolled up by her, but they won't put over Mirai and Namisori clean? seems like such an odd piece of booking and I text you Matt after the match because the match itself was fine it felt like it was very much coasting and then it was going to accelerate into the finish but we never really got that we got the dives to the to the outside we got you and the night actually not really getting in but then you very obviously getting a foot back in the ring, but the referee not seeing it. So even that, we don't even get a clean count out. It all just seemed very unnecessary. I don't understand what the issue is in putting over the new era's clean. Um, but there we are. New goddesses of stardom champions. Uh, seven up reign ends. Um, it's 115 days and their third title defense. Um, Karen, make sense of it, please. Uh, I actually need someone to make it make sense to me because this was always the issue I had about Takahashi and you getting the belts in the first place, as well as winning the the tag league in the first place last year. Mm. Fighting them is like fighting for a championship. They do not need to be champions. They they need to do what they like, do what Kyrie is doing. Come in, elevate other talent. I say that. But you know, don't don't talk about the Kyrie and belts just yet because <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but it, it's the Mariah just won the Cinderella tournament last week. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why she could not get a pin in this match. I know that you has championships in other promotions, which is fine. But Takahashi, she could have taken the pin it's it's about if if Mariah and Ami are part of that golden generation in stardom, they need to start treating them like that. Mm. And this match, giving them the belts on their fourth attempt, yep. that's another thing. In a count out that's with a dusty finish, they deserve better than that. 100% they do. 100% they do. 
And why? Karen, do- let me ask you this. So, so you, sorry, Rob, I just no, kind of just want to throw this out there. Uh, so you has a whole bunch of championships, right? Any of these yeah. promotions she's champion, are they bigger than uh, stardom? Mm, apples and oranges. Uh, one is the, the uh, Sendai girls tag championship with Chihiro Hashimoto. The other I mean, is a bigger the- promotion, a bigger promotion than stardom on I, this show. I'm, 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 I'm being very diplomatic right now. <laughs> okay. And the other is pro wrestling Eve in the United, United Kingdom. They are, she's their international champion there. Didn't realize she was still Eve champion. There you go. She's the international champion. Miu Yamashita is the Eve champion. Of course, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, why'd you ask, Matt? I know why you uh, Just because it's, <laughs> it's just because you, you're telling me you, first of all, it, it's, you're over. You're you're in this position to put Mariah and Ami story over. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're coming from a bigger league to wrestle for Stardom. From what I understand, Stardom is the second biggest wrestling company in Japan, and either the fourth or biggest, big, fourth or fifth biggest wrestling company in the world. I don't watch too much uh, lucha, so I'm not sure how big CMLL and uh, AAA are. But regardless, they're a giant company, and you're wrestling in front of 5,500 people. The buy rates are through the roof, especially in the states. And you're telling me you can't put somebody over clean yeah. on this show. And not only that, and Rob, I've talked about this several times on the on the show. I know where you're going. The right, and I'm it's it, that's let me get the negative thing out of the way, and then I'll be regular, happy, go lucky, <laughs> I love stardom Matt Turner. Let me just get it out of the way. Because uh, when when these when we had these pairings, not only the triangle derby. But when they had them at the at the Goddess of uh, Stardom tournament and even the in between shows, for some reason, I do not understand why you refuses to sell and make Mariah and Ami Sori look good. And when they announced this match a few weeks ago, you were over the moon about it, and I said, Rob, I am a little, I'm not sure. This is the biggest show they've ever done. What if you pulls exactly what she's been doing and not trying to put Mariah and Ami Sori over? And we all we all thought. Maybe it's part of the storyline, yada, yada, yada. The match starts. Mariah starts throwing chops to you. You no-sells it. Amisori comes in. They start double-chopping you. And then all of a sudden, she becomes the absorbing man. She does the double <laughs> flex. She's All of a sudden, she gets stronger. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Maybe, again, maybe it'll build towards the finish. And I'll be completely wrong. And I want to be wrong. Because you is fantastic. And what I mean by you, I mean not only the wrestler, but you, Rob Goodwin, you were fantastic. You, Karen Peterson, you were fantastic. And you, all the fantastic listeners of the Stardom cast, you're fantastic. <laughs> but you see the point I'm trying to get to. Even to the point where Mirai puts on the Mirai, the double wrist lock, the Kimura, whatever you want to call it. And she's working it, working it, working it. She gets out of it and you just goes, all of a sudden the pain went away. And then we get that terrible, terrible finish. I mentioned a little bit ago, I rewatched the whole entire show. This match I skipped. This match I skipped. I had like three and a quarter stars. Didn't I thought they were off the whole match a little bit here and there. Even Nanai and Mirai try to get the match back on track, and they seem like they were off. Maybe they're saving this for like a main event of a Cork and Hall show, and they're going to put them over proper. I don't know. Maybe they figured there's so many title changes on this match. I'm just looking at I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Maybe it's like, hey, there's so many title changes on this match that they may people may forget about this match at the end. So here's what we're just going to do. And then we'll build to our cork in and we'll, we'll put the new errors over proper there, which I think is a terrible decision. Maybe that's where they're going to go. Regardless, didn't like this match. Didn't like the lack of selling. Um, I just thought it was for how great the goddess of stardom champions uh, matches have been over the past two or three years. I thought this was one of the worst, 
However, we're going to end on a positive note. Two things. One, you touched upon it. Phenomenal gear by Mariah and Ami. Sorry, they look great. And two, you did text me afterwards that, hey, I didn't know titles can change hands via count out. And we're two people that pride ourselves on knowing a lot about stardom. <laughs> and uh, so like, hey, and I text you back. I said, hey, we learned something new today. And when I was a young boy growing up in Old Forge, Pennsylvania, watching G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe told me, and knowing is half the battle. So even though we did not like that match, <laughs> Rob Goodwin, me and you, sir, as hosts of this podcast, we became smarter hosts because now we know <laughs> titles can change hands on a count out. There we go. Uh, you're a phenomenal man, Matt Turner. I don't quite understand how you've managed to <laughs> wangle a G.I. Joe reference into that. Um, or indeed how you've managed to turn what was an absolute horror show of a finish into a positive either. But there we are. In, in, in answer very, very briefly to what you've just said, I, I cannot see them doing this as some sort of stalling tactic to then put them over at Corican because that just makes no sense. You've got five and a half thousand people here. Why on earth wait to do it in front of one and a half thousand at Corican? Yeah, just very, very peculiar. Um, obviously, we know that um, post-match, Fukuoka Double Crazy then challenged for the tag belts um, for the show in Fukuoka. So it will be the new eras versus FWC for those belts. FWC looking to make themselves three-time champions. And it would not surprise me, bookmark this episode, it would not surprise me if you see Hazuki and Kagame take the belts from the new eras wouldn't surprise what that means folks that uh mariah and i sorry <laughs> mariah and i'm sorry again on a thousand day reign with the belts 25 title defenses um 10 years from now they're going to retire with those belts <laughs> <laughs> and nanai and you mark this episode <laughs> nanai and you well, still want to put them over um i mean the final thing on this before we talk, before we talk about the artists of Stardom Championships, um, Nanai has been doing a fantastic job on the New Blood shows in elevating the younger talent, in elevating Lady C. She's got a match, I believe, with Ruaka on the New Blood 8 show. She did fantastic work with Waka Sukiyama. She deserves all the praise in the world for that. So what I don't understand is what is the beef with Mirai and Amisori? What? Why not? Why? Why not? Um, but anyway, that's that's that. Whether Neo Stardom Army and uh, Seven Up stay in the promotion or whether they are uh, whether they will be taking a leave of absence, I don't know. We will find out. We will find out. Um, I gave it three and a half, Matt. Um, I think I was slightly. Uh, I know that you have an inherent hatred of you's lack of selling, so uh, I knew that you'd give it lower than Just me. lack of selling in general in big matches, because nobody gets over. Nobody gets over, but guess what? Here's your, here's your ham-fisted segue, sir. Everybody got over in this next match. Everyone did get over in this next match. Match 5, Artist of Stardom Championships match. Restart, Kairi, Natsupoy, and Sioriyanu defeated the prominence team of Suzu Suzuki, Risa Seri, and Kurumi Haragi, with um, Sioriyanu getting the win with a really cool roll-up variation where she put all the pressure on Suzu Suzuki's different limbs so she couldn't kick out of it. It was really, really cool. I don't know I don't know the name of it, hence why I'm describing it. Um, in 16 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, and, yeah, became the 29th 
Artist of Stardom champions. It's Kairi's fifth reign with the belts, um, and Sioria Nu's first reign, Natsupoi's second, and ends Prominence's reign at 115 days in their third title defense. Matt, I know you were hot on this match. I know you were hot on Sioria Nu and Suzu Suzuki. Tell me more. Let bring more of that positivity, my friend. Here we go. Again, championship matches. When you have one person, two people, you, you have to get everybody over in the match. And then if it's a team, you get the team over, which then gets the belts over. And then it gets uh, the teams over and it gets the uh, the promotion over. Again, everybody got over from the moment Kyrie's music hit. And what a difference, a 180, because you literally have Ky- Kyrie, Sorianu, and Natsupoy coming out, all dressed to the nines, like they're going to the prom. Um, maybe I have the problem on my mind because Lily has a problem this weekend and that's going to uh, be a poor show in this house. Yes, uh, that'll be fun. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, because I'll have Sherma coming over to help her get ready. My wife help her get ready. Then I found out last night that uh, that my parents are coming over to help her get ready, which oh, means wow. my mom will help her to get. Yes, which means my mom will help her to get ready. And then me and my dad will go have beers. Um, so that's how that's going to work. Anywho, another story for another day. So they come out dressed in nines. They look great. They look like stars, mm-hmm. you know, look fantastic. And then Prominence comes out and they look like they're ready to go to the prom and punch all the pretty girls in the face. <laughs> and that's basically kind of how this match was. Um, it's, I mean, there were so many great things in the match, but I want to sprinkle something on that may make the match even a little better because there's a, I'm, well, I really pop Rav over there. Like, look at him. He's I'm just really to, laughing. What, dude, what happened to you at your prom? Like, what sort of PTSD Nothing. have you got I did wear an, prom? I did wear an Undertaker tie. I did wear an Undertaker tie of at my prom. Of course you so. did. Of course you did. <laughs> it was did. the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so they, uh, I'm just talking about the match, but uh, like a lot of this match, like, it was structured great, but the little they they sprinkled in some psychology going around Risa Sarah's kendo stick. For example, and if you listen to this podcast before, you know I do not like cheating in front of the referee. I hate that. That's like me and Rob are playing a basketball game, and Karen is the referee, and Rob punches me in the face in front of Karen. Karen doesn't blow a whistle or doesn't <laughs> give Rob and doesn't give Rob a technical. Where does the heat go? There's a little bit of people that are upset at Rob, but they're more ticked off at the referee, which Karen in the situation that you didn't call the panel that didn't call the foul. So the match starts, of course, it starts off hot with uh with the, the prominence brawl and Suzu Suzuki just takes poor Kyrie and just ditches her into the third row. And when she turns, you just see Suzu Suzuki so happy about the violence that she just committed <laughs> and will commit more out in the match. All of a sudden the ref gets turned around real early and Risa Sarah uses the kendo stick, not in front of the referee. Great. The match is going building, 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 and we'll get more into it. And then Suzu and uh, Soria Nu had this phenomenal sequence. Soria Nu hits this perfect German suplex. One, two, Risa hits Soria Nu with the kendo stick in the midsection. However, the ref is in the perfect spot. Because if you're a ref, where do you need to be? You need to be where the shoulders are. Doesn't see it because he's looking. He's in the proper spot. You can't, you can't have any heat on him. He's looking in the proper spot right where the shoulders are. So you see Risa hits the kendo stick and you're like, oh, it's not, we, we, there's no heat on the ref. He's doing his job. So Risa still has the kendo stick in her hand. No disrespect to the other five ladies. The most beloved person in this match, Kyrie. She swings the kendo stick, Kyrie ducks, and she hit her with the cutlass and just drops her. So then it's like you have the build of this kendo stick for heat, and then it gets taken away by Kyrie's one big move the uh, the cutlass which i thought was perfect this match was great it was structured great 
Haragi was fantastic. I mean, you can you can make an argument for anybody to be the MVP in this match. Again, all three ladies got over on each team, so all six ladies. The two teams got over. The ref got over because he was phenomenal in this match by not seeing what was supposed to happen, which builds to the kendo stick missed, and then Kyrie knocking out uh, Risa with the with the cutlass. Um, I just thought that that stuff was sprinkled towards the end. And then Suzu, who's been taking people out left and right with the tequila shot, kick out at two and the double German suplex. I thought that's where we were going. No problem with it. Phenomenal match. And then Soria New, who's basically the newest. I didn't even mean that as a pun. Soria New, the newest person in stardom uh, in this match, gets out with the backslide. And then basically almost does, Karen, you might be a little more familiar with Dragon Gate than me. Wasn't there somebody in Dragon Gate like... Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is just because there was somebody in Dragon Gate um, that used to do this backslide called the backslide from heaven. And it was very similar to kind of what I just remember that from the Dragon Gate guys coming into Ring of Honor in the early 2000s. And it was, I forget what somebody that was very similar to the way that Soria New did it, where they did the backslide and then bridged over. So that's why I was like, I'm just going to call that when she wins a match, not less, it, you know, someone corrects me. I'm just going to call it from here on out the backslide from heaven. Sounds cool. Uh, but regardless, one of the best artist matches I've ever seen, completely 180 from the match before. Uh, I had a lot of people that I've talked to. One of the great things about the show is so many people, their favorite matches are different. Like somebody had this mm-hmm. one, somebody had the Mayu, somebody people had the main event. And I'm really interested to hear what your two favorite matches were, our favorite match was. But a lot of people had this one. Again, this is one of the best artist matches I've ever seen. Rob, I put this one at four and three fourth stars. Love the match. Nonstop action. Psychology was was perfect. And again, the whole thing, doing the little the cheating, not in front of the referee, and then Kyrie taking the cheating out with just, you know, with just one cutlass, basically knocking Risa Sarah out and almost taking her out of the match. I thought it was genius. You throw just how great the match was, sprinkled all that in, and you have a damn near perfect match. So, Matt, just let me get you liked this match a little bit was, yes yes a little bit right. i like good just, wrestling just i like good wrestling no, this was, it was genius timing was logical good. Yes. wrestling um karen what about you? oh sorry genki uh genki haraguchi was the backside uh, okay heaven, how'd you know that <laughs> i'm just really clever definitely haven't got google on my name right now no, he's, um, he's not using the internet <laughs> Um, Definitely the not. The one thing I loved about this match was that at the core of it, it was to highlight Saori Anno as the newest not acquisition of Cosmic Angels because we not we're still not sure what her affiliation is just yet. Is she officially in Cosmic Angels? No. Is she a, a Angels adjacent? Is she just like the you know the new linchpin that's trying to keep Tam together? Who knows? But the 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 pinning combination. What I loved about it was that. It, it reminded me of an O'Connor role, but I also love that she put her toes on Suzu's, like, I think with her arms or her legs. Like, she couldn't move the bottom right. half of her because, like, she, she was, like, pinning her and pinning her, pinning her. Like, there was, like, no way to get out of it. Um, but it was, it, I didn't, I genuinely didn't think they were going to take the belts off of prominence here. But then what happened two days ago and yesterday makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we are going to be talking a little bit about uh, Suzu Suzuki um, and the fact that she's now left prominence um, they had their anniversary show I believe at Corrigan Hall where Monday. she had a ma- yeah with um, yeah against Junkasai yep. I believe um, 
you know, what a way to have a death match. Um, but she then left prominence. She's not stopping death matches, but she left prominence. Um, I imagine she's going to be a hot commodity wherever she goes, to be perfectly honest, because you can build a division around just how good she is. She is incredibly young still. She's 20 years old. Um, and honestly, I, if Stardom haven't given her a blank check and said, we'll give you whatever we want, just, you know, please sign, sign. Um, but I thought she was fantastic in this. Um, obviously, she's on the Golden Week tour as well. So she's got a lot more dates with Stardom in the book. But I thought I knew it was fantastic. I thought her selling was tremendous. She is basically made out of plastic. I do not understand how someone can uh, how someone can make themselves look like that and sell in that way. Um, but I thought the especially the closing exchange between her and uh, Suzu Suzuki. Totally fantastic. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Karen. One of the things, like, this is new with my tinfoil hat on. From the moment that Prominence showed up last year in Stardom, I always had this gut feeling that they've had their eyes on Suzu the entire time. And, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned her being included in the Golden Week fight series, but she was also announced for the Osaka Comic Con in a six-woman match with, yes, she with was. Hanan and Mei Seda. And it's one of those things where usually those Comic-Con exhibition matches, you send your stardom mainstay talent. You're, you don't you don't sprinkle in a freelancer here and there. So it makes it makes me wonder if 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 her graduation from prominence may mean bigger things because she in her her speech at, at the show, she said that she wants to become the face of wrestling, not women's wrestling, not deathmatch wrestling, wrestling. And if, if, you know, for a few years, if getting a start on paycheck is what's going to make it happen, I, I would be curious to see Absolutely. which unit she showed up in, though. Would she go to, would yes. she go to, would she go to Julia and be like, hey, you and me one more ah. time. Most, it's the most obvious. I mean, they have a, they, they have a yeah. Himeka-sized hole now in their unit, so... They really do. When I was changing the rosters around on um, on the Stardomcast website, I was looking at DDM and they are lacking a lot. And I know that um, Himika has given Hanako the JP coaster, so it would make sense for her to maybe go into DDM eventually, but she's still a rookie, so it's not like for like by any stretch. Having Suzu Suzuki, who is a legitimate main eventer, as not even necessarily your number two. That instantly turns your faction back around again because then you've got Julia, Micah, and Suzu Suzuki and Tekla. Um, hey, Sakurai, too, with that with your elbow drop, with Kyrie's elbow drop that you love so much. Don't, don't you, don't, <laughs> don't don't you with me. Karen's on my team. Yeah, East Coast. That's right. That's <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's not Kyrie's elbow drop, sir. <laughs> I just do it to poke. I do it that, to poke that, the that bear. That's Sachi all. That's Kojima elbow drop. That is that is not not a Kyrie thing elbow drop. Where she slips off the top rope. <laughs> oh my god! It it is the worst elbow drop I've ever seen in in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. It did seem like there was some move towards burying the heat between the two, Julia and Suzu Suzuki, whether that happens or not. 
I don't know whether it takes a couple of months. I don't know. Um, I think she'd be good in Queen's Quest, um, but Queen's Quest is extremely top heavy. Um, okay. You think okay. Yuta- Utami, Saya, Azumi, like anybody else who goes in there, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So DDM could possibly be uh, could possibly be a good fit for Suzu Suzuki. And uh, hey, Scotty Wrestling said he'd love to see uh, Julia and Suzu take the tag belts. I would be more than up for that. That would be incredible. Give me Julia and Suzu Suzuki winning the Tag League this year. I would be very, very happy. Um, We move on, though, to our next match, which was the Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Mina Shirakawa defeating Saya Kamatani, the champion, with the yet-as-not-named figure four driver Mina that seems to be the loose <laughs> translation anyway. Uh, 17 minutes and 56 seconds, ending Sayakamatani's legendary record-setting reign. 15 title defences, 480 days as champion. Only one woman has had one longer single championship reign and that of course is Yuzuki Aikawa with 618 days. A phenomenal title reign but perhaps more importantly on this night it wasn't about Sayakamatani's reign, it was about Mina Shirakawa and from the moment they had her backlit as she was dancing she felt and looked like a star. Any doubts and worries that I had that the heat had gone from behind her going into this match, that we were going to get Bloody Angel um, going into this match with the mist and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And we weren't just going to build on the organic story that they had at Gold Rush, not Gold Rush, before Gold Rush, Hiroshima, was instantly put to rest because then they had an absolutely outstanding match that was layered in story but not only that it built Mina to be championship worthy and by the end of this match the entire of Yokohama Arena were behind Mina Shirakawa she hit that driver the crowd counted with the three count the place exploded when Mina got the championship and much as I'd have loved to see Hazuki take the belt at the Triangle Derby Finals, I think this was a great shout. I think it was the only shout they could have done, you know, given how Mina Shirakawa ended up injured with the Phoenix Splash. I love the way that they teased Sayakamatani not being able to do it. She sort of got to the top rope and then was like, I can't do it. She got on her own head. And then Mina started attacking the knee and Say realized that the only way she could win this match was to hit the Phoenix Splash, hit the Phoenix Splash, and Mina kicks out. And I lost it. I lost it at that point because I was like, nobody kicks out of Saya's Phoenix Splash. It's the Phoenix Splash she won the belt with, that she won at Wrestle Kingdom with, that she won the Cinderella Tournament with. She just, you don't kick out of it. My uh, Mina kicks out of it. I was like, oh my God, like, Mina's going to do it. And there was just that relentless, relentless targeting of that leg. Saya sold it brilliantly. And then we get that post-match, all of Club Venus together. Himika comes out to celebrate with Mina. I didn't realize how close they were. I do now. I was in tears again. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, But overall, 
I think it was a great way to end Saya's reign. It was a great coming out party for Mina Shirakawa. Um, overall, it was about as perfect a title change as you could have. Um, and for me, it was one of, if not my match of the night. I thought it was perfectly executed. It was given the perfect amount of time. And uh, the story they told in the ring was the story I wanted them to tell. We didn't rely on shenanigans. We didn't rely on bloody green mist. And I think as well, it's good for Mina. This is a third time at the Wonder of Stardom Championship. In her previous two matches, injuries have overshadowed the match. She had that match with Tam at Tokyo Super Wars where she took the power bomb and that rang a bell. And that sort of messed up the rest of the match because she couldn't get her up for the glamorous driver because she was all, like, dizzy and stuff. Then she had her face completely obliterated by Kamatani's knee on that Phoenix splash. It's just nice to see her have this fantastic match, get the championship, and people are talking about the championship and the match and not an injury or a botch or something like that. It's what she deserves and made up for Mina Shirakawa. Uh, Karen Pearson. The end of a legendary reign, the start of a new one. How do we feel? Uh, as if I wasn't already crying into my uh, my caffeine-free beverage that morning over my email. <laughs> the minute her music hit, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. It, like, it can't not happen. Again, third time, tra- like with all the, you know, her third attempt at the belt, her getting Club Venus, her breaking off from Tam, her, this is... If she did all of that and still lost a third time, it would have sabotaged everything they've set up since November for her. Um, mm. I am over the moon for her. I'm very excited for her. I'm very happy for you. I'm glad that Himika came came out to like stand along the like the exit way to see see her off. Um, but yeah, no, I I was. There wasn't a single moment in this match, even though you know I I I do love me a good Kamatani match where I, di- I didn't feel like Kamatani was walking out with the belt. Even when she did the Phoenix Splash, I'm like, no, you're done. You're done. You're done. This bird is cooked. Mm. It's, it's time <laughs> for you to do something else. It's time for you to go after the IWGP belt. It's time for you to go after the, like, the world of stardom belt. It's do something different. Mm. I, just need her, yeah. I just need Kamatani to do it with a lot less crying because she cries so much and i'm like how old are you she's an emotional person Karen. Karen. Oh, oh my goodness no, uh, man. yeah man i left my heart in the my heat may match all right leave me alone i'll try but, it out match three yeah. <laughs> earlier tonight um but yeah no it was it was this match was everything it needed to be it was everything i was hoping it would be i was i was happy to see commentary put the belt on her at the very very end she yeah. like, she looked great. Club Venus, I love. Even if they may not be the most like formidable on paper group right now, because everyone's just like, oh, they're just a pr- bunch of models that are just dancing around. But they have they have that sisterhood that makes a good faction, and especially Mariah May, like you, you know, she's <laughs> she's at Sessa second, she's at commentary, she's back at second, she's carrying Mina out. They're all popping champagne in the back. It's it's they're they're very much like. For being a very new group, they've all clicked together very, very quickly in a very, very good way. And I must admit, we did say we were going to put over Mariah May. I thought she conducted herself fantastically during commentary. She was outstanding. She was. 
not just in the way that she was playing off of Sonny and Chris, who we don't know how much she's ever talked to them. She's definitely never done it on commentary before, but she was bouncing off them. And when she did interject something, it proved that she's got a good mind for the business, which, you know, a good mind for in-ring psychology. And I think in this match, she came into her own fantastically well because she was talking about how, you know, the stuff Mina was doing in the background, the stuff that Mina was doing in the lead up to this match and how she deserved it and really going into detail and making you feel for Mina. And I think she did a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, Matt, you have been high on pretty much every single one of these Saya Kamatani defences. I'm just looking at the list now. Obviously, she's had some outstanding ones. Uh, Mirai, Starlight, Kid, both come to mind. Hazuki, obviously. Where does this rank on your list of Saya Kamatani defences? It's a great question. It's probably in the top five. The Hazuki match is probably number one. Um for me, it broke my, you know, the mm. stardom scale rating for whatever it's worth. She had a lot of, again, in my opinion, five-star matches in this run or close to it. The Natsupoy one, the Mike and Himika one don't get talked about enough. Um, uh, the Mirai, Starlight Kid. Starlight, maybe, Starlight Kid might be number two. The Starlight Kid match might be next. I didn't know which way that was going to go. Kid the way that it was great. built, I really felt like Starlight Kid was going to take the championship. Uh, the one thing before I get into this match that I kind of just want to talk about is I did watch the two uh, Mina versus Sai Kamatani matches from last year back-to-back, the five-star match from Cork and Hall. And then, um, obviously, Mina wins. She gets the title shot. And the match that Mina um, gets injured in, I remember because 90% of these stardom shows, these pay-per-views I watched live. And I remember in that match, um, that the one she got injured in, I think I text you right away. I said, it breaks my heart. I can't give this match five stars because of what happened in the finish. And a lot of people are kind of a little, not that, like kind of down on that match because of the finish. But I implore everybody to go back and watch it. It is a brilliant, brilliant match. And I'll say this, Mina Shirakawa is clearly the most improved wrestler in all of wrestling over the last year. If you ask me to, absolutely. if you, not just start overall wrestling, we talked about it at the end of the year. And if you were to ask me what her best matches are, to me, one, two, and three are all matches with Sayakama Tani. This is number one. And then either the five-star match or the, the championship, the other championship matches, number two or three. And again, that match where she gets injured, and I know that's what everybody points to. Go and watch that match. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. And this one I thought was 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 better. I was like, if they get there, I'll be happy. This one was better. Again, they didn't rely on the shenanigans. We didn't get any Muda missed. We thought Muda was retired. Maybe he passed them this time to one of these two girls. Not just yet. This they, is another, yeah, another were, stop on Muto's retirement. Yeah, he's never. <laughs> His he's, last stardom He's going to be haunting us from beyond the grave in 40, 50 years. <laughs> but um, the way it was built, yeah, again, Mina, again, outfit number. Again, we did the under over on, uh, you know, on certain things and, if 10 outfits is that going to be you're like oh that's clearly going to be the over of course another outfit i think we're at like 21 at this point regardless uh another beer that i owe you good sir so uh, excited for philly next year <laughs> anywho Absolutely. i'm gonna beat you with a shoot headbutt like mike she's like the mother no like- don't you dare make me pack a bag and go up there and stop you young man i'm gonna put one of those like little I'm gonna phone, give hand, a, phone phone I'm coming gonna on you give him a I'm gonna give him a big hug. I'm a <laughs> give him a big hug. And while you have him in the hug, then you give him the headbutt. I mean, no, there, no, 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 no. You, exactly. Edit that part out. Anyway, when he so, can't run away. 
so yeah. the match the match obviously is great they do a great job building towards mina working on saya's leg double psychology because mina wants to go after that leg to set up the figure four submission obviously taking away two saya's her main weapon the flying the uh, the explosiveness um they did a great job teasing the uh, schoolboy uh, suplex spot that she did good job building up to that and then saya kamatani's won quite a few matches by surprising with the hurricanrana and uh, she did it with uh, Yumasaki. They did a good job teasing it with the Hazuki match from a few months ago. So she, after, I think it was right after she hits the Phoenix Splash, she they go back and forth trading strikes. Mina gets the better of it. Fires up, goes off the rope. You see Saya is going to hit the Hurricanrana. I'm like, oh, maybe this is where Saya, Saya will get the win here. She hits the Hurricanrana. Mina has it scouted, rolls all the way through, and they tease us with Mina reversing the Hurricanrana for a, a pinfall. So that was great there. I loved how... Saya, she hits the Star Crusher. She goes for the Phoenix Splash. She's not sure can she go. And again, she's selling the wobbly thing. That must have been something that like under over how many people can sell the wobbly like they're going to crash, but not really. And then Mina picks her up in the electric chair. And I'm a huge, again, I guess this is the unofficial Keiji Muto show as well. Uh, you know, I've seen so many <laughs> Tanahashi and Muto matches where they do so many different variations of the dragon screw. I've never seen a dragon screw off the electric chair like that. And not only was it done well, it was also safe because if you hit that move coming down, uh, the way Saya was coming down off the electric chair, she hits that like a half a second off or half an inch to the left or right. You really can mess up somebody's knee. But I thought that was perfect. I thought the false finishes were great. I thought how, um, again, after Mina did the roll through on the Hurricanrana, she quickly went to the Glamour's Collection Mina and the crowd bit on that. It was just great back and forth psychology. And then they kind of went to how Sai has been building a lot of these Wonder of Stardom Championship matches where it's like finisher, false finisher, going back and forth, kicking out of the uh, the Phoenix Splash. Mina hits the glamorous uh, collection. Mina drops it, dropping Sai right on her head. And if you go back to the five-star match, she hits the t- top rope implant DDT and then uh, the glamorous collection Mina, um, not uh, the glamorous Mina driver, excuse me, and that's what did Saya, and they went back to that, but then Saya kicks out, and then very much how, like I talk about in these big championship matches, when somebody hits a big move, they go to another big move to put them away. I like how when you're changing the belt or keeping the belt, that you're hitting big move one after one after one to put the opponent down. It makes the opponent look so much stronger that I have to unload everything plus something new to win the championship match. And one of the many things I love, love about stardom is when they're changing the belt, when there's a big title change, that the person, the person doing the favors goes out of their way to make their opponent look really, really good. It's a favor. Again, not to piggyback off a match we talked about before. That didn't happen two matches prior. Clearly happened here because Sai, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. Saya was phenomenal, as always here. She completely went out of her way to make sure that when she drops this belt, that she makes her opponent, Mina, look as good as she can. And not only did she do that here, she goes and she puts the belt on her. She leaves. And I think I text you as soon as the match was over. I said, okay, great match. I get five stars, my match of the night. Um, but I think I, we mean you were texting back and forth after this. It's now time to elevate Saya Kamatani towards the red belt whether she wins or not and here's something too now spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the show if you haven't yet i I don't know what you're doing listen to this podcast tam is now the champion when tam was the white belt champion who beat tam for the wonder stardom championship 
So right there, you can kind of build off that story, uh, you know, maybe for some big challenger coming up in the summer, uh, whether Saya does it or not, I don't know. I think that'd be a great, great match to really start elevating Tam, um, getting getting her some big wins for the red belt. But again, phenomenal match. Mina's best match uh, ever. Um, the end of a, it's got to be the greatest wonder of stardom championship reign. And I put it right below Io Shirai's V14 and you know how much I love that that run, Rob. It's it's like uh, ELV fourteen. I'm sorry, on camera. ELV fourteen, and this one, it's right there. <laughs> it, it touches it, and I'm super excited. Uh, you know, I'm, we're, we're going to tease the Patreon here. We're going to be doing sometime in the summer. The summer of Saya is going to be one of our Patreon things. If nobody votes for this, if this doesn't win a vote for me to go through all sixteen of these matches, obviously you have the V no seven, which she was V fifteen, right? Yeah, V15. 15. So, so, so you have the 15 the, matches, the matches she won the belt, and the match she lost the belt. So, the so I'm going to have to review 17 of these matches if this gets voted for a Patreon episode. And folks, if you don't vote for this as a Patreon episode when I put it up, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? You know, make me do more work. He's please. just going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, guess what? I'm doing it as a bonus episode because somebody said hi to me. I need an excuse to watch this. But uh, this is great. I can't wait to go back and, you know, go through this in a review which more than likely I will do for the summer. Again, this is easily the greatest Wonder of Stardom championship run uh, I've ever. I, I love Arissa's. I love Momo's. This one tops it. Uh, f- absolutely phenomenal match. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's, I mean, five stars. My favorite match of the show. And I'm going to tag you in because I just realized I did not plug my computer in. So uh, I'm going to hit the mute button. You're going to see me disappear for a second and uh, I'll pop back up. So tag your back in, partner outstanding stuff um yeah it was a great it was a great match fantastic i gave it four and three quarters really 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 enjoyed it and from that match we talked about the goddesses of stardom championship match the show just went like that it literally went from strength to strength to strength so we're going to be talking about a lot of great matches and another one and it's going to get lost i can see it now is going to get lost in the shuffle of great matches on this card and that's Suri defeating Chihiro Hashimoto in a special singles match that could only be won by submission, knockout, um, uh, and all of that good stuff. And she did it in 16 minutes and 7 seconds. It's the first singles match Chihiro Hashimoto has lost this year. Um, Obviously, Shiori getting a, a little bit of revenge for Hashimoto having beaten her for the Sendai Girls Championship back in 2020. Overall, these two beat the absolute purple jimmy out of each other they absolutely lashed each other from the spear on the outside to those grisly headbutts that they started throwing it's like siri since when have you been doing proper shoot headbutts like i know julia does them but goodness gracious like the one on the top rope holy mother of god um but yeah neither of them held anything back and i thought the the stipulation added to it it was a case of you are going to have to keep me down to stop me getting back up and beating you to death 
I loved it. I thought everything about this was fantastic. Um, I thought both women worked, especially well. whenever you have got Suri in this sort of environment, her UWF rules match against uh, Konami last uh, two years ago now was tremendous. This was in that sort of ilk and worked really, really well. Overall, I thought it was a really, really good match, a really good match. My only concern is that it's going to get lost in the shuffle because it follows that fantastic wonder of stardom match and on top of that it was before the semi-main of the IWGP Women's Championship match Karen what did you think of Suri and of Jahira I thought it was an absolutely stellar match and it's one of those matches for a lot of people that will probably be an acquired taste if you're not into the the grappling and the uh, MMA style wrestling like pure rules or UWFI Mm. it may not be your cup of tea but given their history together and it was just, I was very amped for this match. But I I don't want Shuri testing watermelon thumps with her head anymore. The, <laughs> the sound, the absolute sound oh, of that grotesque. headbutt. It has stayed with me since Sunday. It's still with me. It was gross. It was, mm-hmm. it was just a sickening thud. And I'm just like, I'm like, I had I had Shibata flashbacks. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, I was like, somebody called this girl's mother. Like, <laughs> and you can't because, Miller? no it's just like i like and <sighs> sorry i got i got side real because i said call this girl's mother i just realized her his mom has passed away a few years ago so yeah. it's it's, a, it's, it's fine it's a metaphor i'm not trying to be hateful but it's it's one of those things where it's just like i i i i, I don't want to safety police anyone but at the same time i'm just like no please don't please don't do this <laughs> It, it happens every time I see, like every time Julia throws them and there's some in that main event between her and Tam. Um, I mean, Tam's face looked like a punching bag by the end of that main event. Her face was swollen in all sorts of places. Um, but it's just like, we don't need it. Please stop. I know that it's very impressive to watch and hear. And I don't mean impressive as in like, oh, that's cool. I mean, impressive as Jesus Christ. Um but aside from that, like these two held nothing back at all. They hit so damn hard. And sometimes you forget just how hard Suri kicks until she kicks Natsupoy. And then obviously she just ramps it up for Natsupoy because everyone ramps it up for Natsupoy, unfortunately. <laughs> Poor girl. Okay. Um, but such such a captivating striker. And she manages to construct such captivating matches, Suri. But Hashimoto, I wanted to do more in stardom. She's had three matches, Mirai, um, Himika, and this one. And I've been more impressed every time I've seen her. She is such a talent. I'd love to see her do more stuff. Love to see it. Obviously, I know she's currently uh, one half of the Sendai Girls tag champs, so, and Sendai Girls are not going to want to let her go, and I can honestly see why. But I thought they both did tremendously, tremendously well, especially considering the placement on the card. Karen, with your hand I, up. I always I always worry about cutting people off, so I figure I just like, stick a finger up and just wait my turn. Honestly, it's fine. <laughs> you know, one of the things I loved in the post-match was Shuri basically looking at Hashimoto and being like, are you satisfied with this? Is this enough for you? Are you okay eating this loss to me? Or do you want more? Because I want more. I'm not done with you yet. And so much so that she carried it to the back in the sense that she said that she she wants to possibly fight the rest of Sendai girls, give her me give her 
give me Shuri versus Miko Watsa, please and thank you, versus Dash Chisaku, please and thank you. Or mm-hmm. she proffered the suggestion of her and possibly Hashimoto tagging together. So... Can you imagine, just for a second, a tag league final between Suri and Hashimoto and Julia and Suzu Suzuki? Or Aphrodite. Oh, wait, 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 I was just going to say, just take my money. Absolutely. How, how, how much um, credit do I have for this one? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Incredible. Um, Matt, I know that you are a big fan of the Graps. Yeah, uh, real quick, just to kind of um, hit the rewind button for a second. Your star rating on the last match there, Mina and Sayakamatani. Oh, four and three cores. Sorry. Okay, no problem. And, um, you know, one of the many reasons why I love doing this podcast is uh, with you with the Queen's English, where you said purple jimmies. Uh, that's something new. And uh, whenever I get off the podcast yeah. or I come home, my wife would be like, should you do the podcast? Yeah, anything new. I'm yeah, Yes, again, I'm in my house. So <laughs> my wife, I believe, is downstairs now. So as soon as I get done with the podcast, I'm like, guess what new thing I learned today? Uh, yeah, it was great. Obviously, I love this style. I love the uh, the MMA style, the UW, uh, UWF, UWFI style, the more realistic. St- I love all, all styles of pro wrestling, but this is my wheelhouse, the no BS realistic style of wrestling. And you can kind of see the contrast in styles. Like Hashimoto is very much uh, like the amateur background. Uh, Karen's review, a preview for this show, she mentioned that she's basically like Jeff, Jeff Cobb. She, uh, I was like, oh, you know, it's like, Ingo, Karen, you got this. She's basically like female Jeff Cobb with the amateur wrestling, where Shiri's more of the grappler, more of the jiu-jitsu, uh, more of the catch-as-catch can grappling. And there's one spot where it was very, you can very well see it because Hashimoto is doing the drop step to get to Shiri's back, where Shiri is planting her thumb inside of Hashimoto's, um, you call this the cutting bone, uh, the number two cutting bone right here, where she's breaking the hold able to get leverage so this way then she can break the arms so then she can take the back so you almost had again like the jiu-jitsu catch wrestling versus the amateur wrestling just in that spot which i loved and of course yeah they just beat the crap out of each other i mean this was just great back and forth action (laughs) it was great 50 50 um and really if you know it was really a a 50 50 style match i mean there was you had the big german suplexes you had the big spots on the outside you know the heavy heavy kicks from sherry Hashimoto feeds perfect as well as Sherry feeds perfect for Hashimoto's forearms. And again, the finish I thought was great. Again, big match, big fan of spanning, whole bunch of big moves back to back to back to poke somebody down. She does the shoot headbutt, Vermilion World, which is her go-to. And then as Hashi, and then uh, as Hashimoto's getting up, and I believe it was Chris Charlton that said it perfectly that um, as she was getting up, she didn't break separation. As she was getting up, she grabbed her by the back of the neck. So this way she stayed on constant contact with her and then hit the buzzsaw kick. And then Oz Hashimoto was getting up at like eight and a half, nine. She fell back down. And it's like very well, like if you've ever gotten your bell rung and you try to get up, but you get up too fast. And then your body's like, no, 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 no. Your heart wants to go, but your body's not ready. And it really felt like on that nine to 10 count, just that split second. And we really felt like Hashimoto's heart and her mind wanted to keep going, but her body was like, we've had enough with this one, at least for today. So, um, yeah, I think that there's more to the story here. I had it four and a half stars. Phenomenal match. Again, you did say, Rob, a lot of people have this match lost in the shuffle. And I, I understand that. And I've heard that. And I also had a lot of people say this was their match of the night. Again, so many great oh, yeah. matches on this show where it's like the main event was my match of the night. The, the wonder was my the artist 
this, the next match we're going to talk about, which is so great about the show is everybody has a different opinion on what the match of the night was, but everybody loved it. Um, again, I liked the pay- where this match was on the show because you would you didn't want to have five or six championship matches back to back to back. Not that I would say no to that, but it was a really good way to kind of separate the uh, the wonder mm. from the uh, IWGP, which just violence, straight violence. And if Hashimoto is going to stay in in stardom, tag team, sure, why not? Uh, rematch with Sherry, absolutely. But if there's one match that I su- could suggest with no BS, no interference, Hashimoto. Momo Watanabe. That's the match that I want to see. With none of that Oedo tie BS with the milk crate lunchbox thing that we all hate so much. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I After you've said that, Matt, I'm really sorry because everything you said was perfect apart from all I've got in my head is but my body my body <laughs> is telling me yes. It's that singing voice, folks. So, oh, absolutely outstanding um, so I gave it four and a quarter again really 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 good match thoroughly enjoyed it and there's very very few of series matches that I don't enjoy but I did enjoy that um, that UWF style and I quite enjoyed your breakdown of it as well it's always nice to have uh, a professional uh, con- deconstruct that Thank for you. us um, we move on then to the IWGP, the semi-main, the IWGP Women's Championship match with Mayu Itani defeating Mercedes Monet with the two-step dragon suplex in 12 minutes and 56 seconds, becoming the third IWGP Women's Champion, ending Mercedes Monet's run. We're at 64 days, having defended the belt successfully just once um so matt the term dream match thrown around a lot especially in today's wrestling um this is a bona fide dream match before we even get to any of the wrestling um the hype surrounding it you know it was very very real i'm going to ask you a question i want a yes or no answer did this match live up to it yes there you go what do you think of it, buddy? First, let's talk about Mayu bookending her uh, goofiness, right? She comes out, she almost trips on stage. She wins the yep. belt and headbutts the belt. Yes, she does. Mayu just doing her gimmick, brother. Um, match was great. Uh, My, but- Mayu is, Mayu's gimmick is Mayu ramped up to 11. That's all Mayu's gimmick is. <laughs> It was like she comes out. This is you can make an argument. It's probably, and we talked about last week, probably the biggest match of her career. Fifty-five, you know, uh, that many people against a huge star. Mm-hmm. Chris Charlton did a great job putting over. If it wasn't for Mercedes, we probably wouldn't be here because we have there hasn't been English commentary in over a year, and she's the reason why English commentaries they're, they're you know they're doing it. She helped draw the house. From what I understand, is they did uh, on this pay per view they did five times the amount of buys in the U.S than they did uh, for any really, you know, the average show that they would do. So obviously they made a lot of money off Monet. See what I did there? Uh, the match was great. I loved how like a lot of the diehard Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet fans were like, okay, she's going against this icon of storm that they don't know too much about. And I thought me and you did a great job educating as many people as possible on how great Mayu is. And then at the end of the match, she has this big lump on her head. It's like, yeah, you mess around with the icon. What do you think is going to happen? Um, Match was great. There was great back and forth, great psychology. I love the one spot where Mayu's just, she eats the one meteor and she's on basically almost hanging 
onto the rope onto the outside uh, by her feet. And then Mercedes comes off the apron and just eats the Meteora there. I mean, these two were very well known for taking crazy, crazy bumps. And they did here. I liked how they teased the moneymaker early on in the match a few times. And then Mercedes hits it. Mayu being the veteran that she is too close to the ropes. And then you see Mercedes just have this breakdown. Like, oh my goodness, like this is the match that I beat. When your mentors, Kairu, to win this belt. And I hit you with it and you're too close to the ropes. She pulls her in the middle and goes after three or four more two counts because she's just so frustrated. I thought that was great. Um, And again, championship match. You're doing a bunch of finishers back to back to back to end it. Mayu hits the tombstone. She goes for the moonsault and Mercedes grabs her foot. And then Mayu hits a few kicks, waits for her to get up. And she hit a buzzsaw kick. That even Sherry was like, wow, that was stiff, brother. Because I'll tell you what, that kick that she <laughs> had that led to the moonsault. And then Mercedes kicks out of the moonsault again. Mayu building Mercedes up in this match by letting her get out of the big moves. Just makes it for the finish bigger. Picks her up, hits the uh, the two-stage, two-step dragon for the for the pinfall. Um, we, you know, we both said this if this hits about four and a half, that's probably where it needs to be. I had it four and three-fourths. I enjoyed it that much. Um, shocked that it only went like 13 minutes, but... It still, you got all of that there, but it feels like to me, there's another match left. And if Mercedes has resigned, supposedly there's rumors four or five matches. One of the matches I want to see, I would love to see them do this again, or maybe they go 20, 22, 23, regardless, phenomenal match. Loved it. These two left all everything in the ring. And afterwards, Mercedes has kind of been playing this heel character since she's been in Japan, since the Tokyo Dome, basically kind of embraces Mayu, puts her over, puts the belt over her um, phenomenal match. And how about her uh, paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero with the black tiger mask on the way down? I thought that was, that was great touching. Um, just, you can tell she's loving her time in Japan. You really do. And she's yes. doing everything she possibly can to get herself over as a heel, even though she's so beloved. But again, she's very much like when they turn EO heel to create Queen's Quest. She was a heel for all of her matches, or she was a baby face for all of her matches except for Mayu. It's just like she couldn't get over as a heel because she was so loved and so great in the ring. But you're in the ring with Mayu. I mean, she can wrestle Santa Claus and they're going to boo Santa Claus because it's Mayu. So uh, overall, dream matchup, sir, that absolutely lived up to the hype. Karen, opinion on the match? Uh, I liked it. I was surprised that it was as short as it was. I mm. I kind of was hoping for it to be about a 20-minute match. So the, the finish at thir- or just under 13 just felt a bit abrupt. Um, I, I, you know, as much as I loved her match at Sakura Genesis against Hazuki and, Az- and Azumi, you know, Mercedes, like, her heel character has a after round and found out, as it were, when it comes to, like, tangling with Mayu, and I love to see it. Um, my only <laughs> hope is moving forward that they do like, cause you know, Mercedes is already announced for resurgence next month in long beach mm-hmm. that they don't try to run this match back next month. You know, she showed, she, she rolled in at the Tokyo dome in January just to give Kyrie a Monet maker. If there's another match between Mayu and Mercedes, let it be at the Tokyo dome and mm-hmm. give Mayu a stable reign more than three four, three defenses with this belt. Please and thank you. That's my big thing about the IWGP Women's Championship at the moment. We've had three champions now. The belt has only been a thing since November, and we've had three champions. Kyrie reigned for 90 days, Mercedes Monet 64 days, both only defending the belt successfully once. It's... 
I feel like it needs an identity at the moment. Mayu is definitely the person to put that on. I said in the preview that I think if they knew Mercedes Monet had signed, I feel like they should have kept the belt on her, especially if she's going to be doing shows in America, the Resurgence show, which is on the 21st of May. Um, but I do think, I think you're absolutely right, Matt. I think they left something on the table um, in this match. Originally, I thought Mercedes Monet was injured. Um, and that was why they called an audible to finish it. But maybe it's just because the you know the show had already gone two weeks. Maybe they just hadn't got enough time. <laughs> um, <laughs> entire empires had fallen in the time it had taken uh, this show to finish. Um, but in, in all seriousness, Mayu needs a stable reign with this. This was for me. This was the only thing that Mayu has left to accomplish in her wrestling career was to get the IWGP Championship. And I feel like they could have sort of extended that chase a little bit more. Obviously, I understand you need to put Mercedes Monet against someone like a Mayu in this sort of arena. Completely get that, completely understand that. But 13 minutes? Mm, I felt like if you're only doing this once, you go all out like you did with Kyrie. Go 20, 25 minutes, blow the roof off. You know, I know Kyrie's a completely different kettle of fish to Mayu. Mayu's got that unpredictability um, that Kyrie doesn't necessarily have. But I feel like both women would be up for that. It, it depends on Gato. Ultimately, I know Gato is not massive on the IWGP Women's Championship. Um, whether that affects whether it'll be at Wrestle Kingdom, whether it'll be at Dominion. Um, I mean... They've already said the championship is going to be defended on Dominion, so it'll be interesting to see who that Mayu defense is going to be, whether it'll be Mirai calling her shot from the Cinderella, because um, obviously she said that, well, um, I think it was Sonny Gutierrez actually on commentary said that Hiroshi Tanahashi is a huge influence on Mirai and why she became a pro wrestler. It'd be quite poetic for her to go IWGP and then maybe do it to Dominion. Um, but yeah, I think they've definitely got another match in them. Maybe. <laughs> Go on, Karen. If I could mini book Mayu's reign. Please do. Real quick. Please. Next month at Resurgence, it's not her versus Mercedes. It's Julia versus Mercedes. Dominion is Mariah. Oh. Dominion is Mariah. Only because, and it was not Tanahashi, it was Yuji Nagata because of the Tohoku earthquake. Oh. He was the one who went up and did like. Sorry. Uh, I knew it was. I hate a, correcting I, people, but it was, it was. It was. It was, no, it was please Blue do. Justice, please I think do. That's what, also, why blues are signature color. I could be wrong on that, though. I did not but know that. There it you is go. now. <laughs> it is now. Uh, it's canon because I say so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would be again the. I want this belt to be defended more on New Japan programming because it is a New Japan belt. Mm -hmm. But it also, yeah. it's supposed to be defended sparingly so not every big show that new japan runs not every big show that stardom runs but also it's supposed to be defended internationally so it should be more you know now that mayu has the belt put some money in her pocket and ship her to this like ship her to some the, the next whatever new japan show isn't resurgence the next one in the united states or whatever if there's one in the uk just set, start sending her with the belt to defend at other places. Oh my god! If she's in, if she's in the UK, I am there. The chance to meet Mayu Iwatani, I am there. I mean, don't get me wrong; she'll end up in France, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I, 
<laughs> but then build, but build up to Wrestle Kingdom where she def- she defends against Mercedes and give them more than twelve minutes. Oh my god! And give them more than five. Oh, don't don't, don't even start, really... don't even get me started uh... on that. Oh my god! Matt went off for about forty I'm, minutes I'm, on I'm, that. I threw my pen. I remember it, writing it, my it notes. Was, it was nearly eight times pen. longer than the actual match. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but overall, I thought a decent enough match. I think they have a better one in them. But Mayu Watani has completed that story. She is our new IWGP Women's Champion. And that leaves us with our main event, the Red Belt match, the World of Stardom Championship match. The match we explicitly said on this podcast was absolutely 100% not changing hands. So, sure enough, Tam Nakano defeats Julia with the Violet Screwdriver in 23 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, Now, initially, I didn't know how I felt about Tam ending Julia's run. I was a bit like, oh, okay, this is weird. We all thought Julia was like the next sort of, well, the second coming, really, in stardom. They'd wanted to put the belt on her since she got there and, you know, she got herself over and then there was the the hindrance with the injury last year. And yet they've ended it already? That doesn't make sense. And then the more I thought about it, the more I like it. Now, we'll talk about the match in a minute. The match is undeniably superb. I just want to talk about the rain for a second because yes, she only held the belt for 115 days. Yes, it is the third third shortest rain um, in front of Alpha Female and Mayu Iwatani's first rain, not counting Tam, obviously, at the moment. But there is only two people to hold the red belt twice, and that is Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani. I fully expect julia to be the next person to hold the belt twice so you... this first one could ne- could just be that sort of birthing of her in the red belt scene you know it doesn't necessarily matter you look at mayu's mayu's first reign which i know that was cut short by injury but um even so i still think you can build that sort of back up and have julia hold the red belt again i don't think anyone would be worried about that on the flip side of that if you're going to put the red belt on tam why not do it now when she has a damn album out she's got tears flow or whatever that thing is called okay that the if it's not even an album it's an ep it's three songs that's not an album tam that's not an album melting amazing though you're changing the world tam (laughs) it's 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 also right marketing I am going to point this out. I am going to point this out. You can't market it as an album, write three songs, and have the next three songs be instrumentals of the three songs you've already recorded. That is cheating, Meltier. (laughs) Anyway, um, that being said, this match was just fury embodied. There was nothing pretty about this match. Julia hit a Northern Lights bomb in two minutes. Two minutes into the match, you've got Tam hitting violet shootings that hard on the ramp that you could hear the the connection to Julia's chest. You could hear the wind leave Julia, especially that second one where Tam just literally ploughed through her. You've got that, oh my God, that table spot. We will be talking about that in a moment. Jesus. Um, 
you know, I'm going to slam you through that table. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to snap mare you through it from the top rope. And then, oh my God. And it's a, it's a Japan table, which of course, as we know, are made of solid steel. Um, they just don't break and they just, oh my God, no giving them whatsoever. You'd got the brutality of the headbutts. You'd got both women exchanging countless finishers, just wanting to hurt them. And then Julia has the gall has the gall to punch Tam in the face. Well, I say punch. Twice. Back of the no. fist. Back of no. the fist. No, it wasn't. Karen. Come on. Well, that Back was, of the that fist. was a sandwich, and she got two servings of it. <laughs> she did. Honestly, that first one, she took a run up. <laughs> she took a run up off the ropes and just went bang, straight in Tam's face. And I mentioned it earlier on this episode. You know, Tam does this promo at the end. Do I look ugly? Yes, no. yes. She, 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 she How dare you, Karen Peterson? Her face. <laughs> She'd got That's so many. I look like after wilts. I work out and I'm all sweaty and nasty and disgusting and swollen, <laughs> and I didn't get my face punched in. She got her face punched in. And headbutted in. Honestly, <laughs> and dropped on her neck. It, ten it times. was literally a. It was a different shape to the face she had at the start of the match. It was mental. Um, but yeah, just utter fury in this match. Absolutely loved it. We wondered how they were going to top the brutality of, you know, literally splitting each other open with a shoot headbutt during a press conference. Um, you know, and then Tam's welt on her head from Sendai and cutting the hair. You know, Tam finally having the goal to cut Julia's hair after not having the goal to do it at Budokan and after having to get someone else in to do it for her. You know, there's a new side to Tam. Plus, she's just lost Cosmic Angels. And that reminds me, we need to issue an apology because we wrongly said that the match at the Cinderella tournament was if DDM win cosmic angels have got to break up we thought that was the case we'd i i know i'd seen it on twitter as a translation turns out it wasn't actually ever a stipulation in the match so it was just a case of mina and waka left afterwards so it wasn't actually a stipulation so we've we acknowledged up, we apologize we own up, up to our mistakes which we make all the time here <laughs> Always, Consistent. always, at least at least three an episode. Um, but yeah, overall, brutal, brutal encounter, and I absolutely loved it. Um, Karen, new World of Stardom champion, how are we feeling? Again, I, I always knew that Tam would win the red belt. I just didn't expect her to win it this soon. Yeah. So yeah. it mean for me, it's like I remember reading an article or an interview she did about a couple of years ago saying that she was considering retiring in the next couple of years. So I don't know if some things were started to fast track that or they just wanted to just do something entirely new and just end on a, like, you know, g- give her that win back after Julia basically just like owned her for the last month and a half. Yeah, she has to be um, fair. It's been very one-sided. Uh, I am convinced that the tables in Japan, as someone who has bumped into those tables multiple times in the five years I lived there, they are forged in the mines of Mount Doom, like the One Ring. <laughs> they they have no give. It takes, like... It takes the sword to be able to, like, slice those things in half. And when she did that snapmare... I left my. I felt my soul just leaving my body. If you know the movie, if you know the movie Clue, there's a scene where Mrs. White's like flames, flames on the side of my face. That's I could not piece together 
a coherent thought in that moment because the way I saw Tam's like the, the, the corner the corner edge of that table like glanced right at the base of her neck by her shoulders and her head snaps back as the table breaks down and it was just like I just like felt the color just leave my face because it was I I still have the trauma from Tanahashi versus Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom the year before last oh so my God. I, I every time Julia brings out a table one she never learns her lesson because half the time she goes through it but it was it was just such a gnarly spot that I'm glad it didn't, it went as well as it could have, but I don't ever want to see that yeah. again. No, absolutely not. I think it was just, it was there for shock value to do something completely different, especially as because it was used so early in yeah. the match. Um, Matt, yes. obviously, I know you are a, a Tamanite. Um, or whatever you, whatever, whatever you people call yourselves. Um, but you know, obviously, incredible moment for Tam to be at the apex of the company. Um, she looked incredible coming out as the very envision of a cosmic angel. You know, living that twilight dream. Julia living the dangerous queen gimmick. You know, very, very much leaning into the Akira Hokuto thing. Um, but what did you think of this match? The result. Describe your feelings, if you can. Um, now, again, again, I did mention this last week, and if uh, this is if somebody, if I know we're going to have a lot of new listeners listen to this show just based on the buzz of the show, and then obviously having uh, Karen Peterson, who Hello, always everyone. always helps us out uh, with new listeners, and a welcome. She's the draw, but man. She she's is the draw. draw. She's I'll the Eo of this I'll group. send you my rates, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> you take a shirt <laughs> and Rob's book, Living the Dream, starting the 10th anniversary in review. Uh, <laughs> what a plug. Look at that. What there it is. Plug. Um, I did mention last week that I don't have a favorite wrestler in stardom as much as I wax poetically about how much uh, I loved him. But my favorite wrestler, and I said this last week, is probably Rossio Gawa's favorite wrestler, the one that's going to bring the most eyes to stardom and fill the most seats to help raise the bar of stardom. I just want to see that. I love this company so much. I just want to see it keep growing. I think Julie at this point in time is the person to do it. And we said last week, probably... 12, 13, 14, 15 months, what have you. Um, so with that being said, again, I, you know, I just wanted a really, really good match. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I enjoy Tam so much is anytime she does something over the top, which her entrance, the the gear, the theme, her and Natsupoi dancing, the two people I talk to most in this world is my wife and uh, and one, Mr. Rob Goodwin, they get kind of annoyed by it. And I just lean into it more. <laughs> and I just lean into it more. And we'll get into the, uh, especially the video that I sent you, Rob, which as soon as I sent it to you, I'm like, you need to delete this as soon as you watch it, because I deleted it, because she'll be, she still doesn't, I hope she can't hear me, she still doesn't know that I took that video, she doesn't even know, but anywho, <laughs> so here's what's great about this, uh, how much more I enjoyed this match, and you're going to get a kick out of this, Karen, is that, so Tam gets halfway down the aisleway, and I see my phone go off, and it's a tweet, and it's Rob tagging me in a tweet. And I open up the tweet, even though we've been texting nonstop for the last four and a half hours, he decides to tag me in a tweet. And it's a gif of Tam that says, will somebody please check on Matt Turner to make sure he's okay. Now, <laughs> partner, I appreciate you going out to the Twitterverse <laughs> to check on me, but haven't we been talking for the last four and a half hours? If anybody's going to check on me, it's you. Like, So I he, thought that he, was hilarious. He needed proof of life. Because, you know, it could have been I your did. wife, That's could exactly. have been your daughter, it could have been anybody texting back. <laughs> It was six in the morning. Exactly. They were sleeping. 
Exactly, exactly. And actually, one of the first people to respond was Karen. Yeah, well, <laughs> so... What a sweetheart. She wanted to make sure we're good for the show. Well, she's the I wanted proof of but life. There it is. Here I is. Here I is. But um, so, and I'd even point this out because then Julia comes down, they do the stare off, and there's pictures all over Twitter of the mm. two of them in there getting the stare. I text Rob, I said, no matter what happens in this match, which you know is going to be good. These two are coming off as huge stars. And I didn't pick up on this. And I may have not have picked up on this, not unless you told me. I still probably wouldn't have just because I'm, you know, not that smart. But you're like, it's literally the cosmic angel versus the dangerous queen. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's dressed as an angel, cosmic angel. She's dressed as a queen. She's our, the newest version of Akira Hokuto, the dangerous queen. I was like, oh, Rob Goodwin, you are so smart, good sir. You are so smart. So, um, very much as uh, great as this match was very much similar to the artist match a little more sprinkle in of psychology um that added to the match for me at least we talked about the kendo stick this was the northern lights bomb you had the northern lights bomb that did tam in at the finals of the five star you had the northern lights bomb that did tam in the week before in the two out of threes ddm versus cosmic angels match julia hits the northern lights bomb two two and a half minutes in tam rolls the outside you know grabbing at her head so you have the psychology of the Northern Lights bomb. However, they 180 it because what sets Tam up to give the back-to-back her finishers, she hits the Northern Lights bomb on Julia and then into the Twilight Dream into the Violent Screwdriver. I thought that was genius how they 180 that story just on one move to give Tam the opening to hit her finishers back-to-back to put away Julia. I thought that was genius. Uh, talking about the table spot, as a competitor, if somebody asked me, would I rather take a pile driver on top of the table through a table or take a snap mirror body slam off the table? Maybe because I don't, I'm not that athletic at all. And I would probably miss the table 10 times out of 10. I would rather take the pile driver through the table because you're trusting your opponent. You're tucking your chin. You can kind of get a spring out of your legs where you're not, your neck's not that compressed where once the person throws you off the top rope, that's all on you. And who knows where I would have landed. So the fact that Tam took that instead of the pile driver just a completely different level uh again you know the striking the head dumps back and forth just the way everything was built the violence was just ramped up to this on a new level and you can you when i went back and watched it you can kind of tell and i didn't realize it then that tam was going to win because they're not ending this on a down note and they built julie up a little bit as the heel not only that but then julie with not the one punch but the two punch when she hit her the second time after she was worn she looks at the crowd Back and the hands guys and, uh, come on she hits her with the second one and then the <laughs> crowd starts booing and julia goes back into full heel mode and starts jaw jacking with the crowd to get heel heat i'm like oh and that builds towards the finish um another thing that i liked about this match about watching it live and i didn't tell rob that i'm not telling i didn't tell him until now so on this pay-per-view my feed froze a few times so i was about 30 seconds behind so I'm watching oh, no. this. I'm watching this like this, right? My phone's like right here. And, you know, kind of has a light as everybody's phone as it goes off. And so Tam hits the Northern Lights bomb. She hits the uh, Twilight Dream for the two. She picks Julie up for the violent screwdriver. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, Julie's going to get out of this and she's going to hit something. Oh, were you it. behind at this point? I'm about I 30 seconds realize. behind. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you. So, so, no, 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 no. Not <laughs> your right, fault. Not your fault. It. It's fine. Not your fault. So... She picks her up with a violent screwdriver, and I was like, no, she's going to get out of this. She's going to hit a bunch of big moves, and Julia's going to get the win. But seeing where Julia posted, 
and seeing where Tam had her head wrapped so she can protect her on the bump. And I'm like, oh no, she's taking this. And I'm like, then she, there's no way Julia should kick out. And the psychology of it, she just got hit with Julia's fin- her own finisher, Tam's one finisher, and then her nuclear finisher. If this is the time to take the belt off, it's with those three moves. So as I'm figuring that she's going to hit this, all of a sudden I see my phone go off. Text after text after text, three texts in a row. And I was like, so then Tam hits the violent screwdriver and the way that she pinned her with the way Julia's head was. And I was like, Rob just texted me. We have a new champion. I was like, there's nobody else that's texting me. She hits the three count and I look and it was Rob back to back to back text. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they put the belt on, on Tam. At this point, again, it's Sunday. My wife comes downstairs and literally as they're putting the belt on Tam, she starts playing with the cat. She's getting ready for church. And I go, your timing's perfect. Because before we went to bed, I told her that I was going to wake her up before the main event to let her know it was Tam time, which she did tell me that then I would probably be pitched down the stairs, rightfully so. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. She goes, the match is starting. I said, no, you need to walk in the room. And she literally walked in as they're putting the belt on Tam. And she looked so disgusted. I grabbed my phone. I took a video. I sent it to Rob. I said, look how disgusted she looks. Please delete this and don't show anybody. She really did. Yeah. She she's holding the cat. She's like so, so disgusted. And again, I don't know if she busted in here, right? right you, so. you, you ruined her Sunday morning <laughs> with Tam time. With, with swollen Tam yeah. time. <laughs> it was time to walk the Tam road as we all believe in Tam. Um, great match. I don't know which one I like better, either this one or the five-star final. They're neck and neck, literally neck and neck. Um, just like the five-star final, I gave this match five stars. Two matches on the show, I had five stars. This one is just below the Mina Saya match for me. And the fact that it was just shocking that uh, Stardom doesn't do short title runs. They really, really don't. And uh, But again, Julia did everything in her power to make Tam look like an absolute star in this match. And uh, what more can you say? Again, I think Julia will be, you know, a two-time uh, champion. Either her or you, Tommy, will get there first as far as the two-time champions. But that's the way Stardom's roster is so stacked right now that it's like, you can go to Tam, you can go to Julia, you can go back to Shiri, you can Saya Kamatani it, Hazuki it. I mean, there's really no wrong answer as long as it's built the proper way and it makes sense. And uh, the way they built this match yeah um and i think i texted you like two hours afterwards i'm like man i can't wait to talk about it on the show because you know it was, it was you know i'm happy that tam won the belt but i was like well, i'm not sure if that's the right move right now but you know we'll see uh we shall we shall see but i mean it's if you remember what weekly pro wrestling looked like after the budokan hall show was tam and julia holding their whole you know, basically raising each other's arms and stardom restart this very much felt like with all the titles changing Almost like a restart, especially in front of more people that have ever seen Stardom, whether it's on pay-per-view, it's going to be on World next week, um, or might be on World probably this week, so more people will probably be logging onto that, and then more people, you know, in the stands watching it, so uh, all in all, great way to end the show, Um, I thought it was really cool that afterwards that uh, Kyrie Soriano and uh, Natsupoy got in the ring, they all held the belts up, so basically you have like the uh, Cosmic Pirate Angels, the first thing I thought of was, boy... I would love for Momo Watanabe to rejoin Queen's Quest just for one day. So we do an eight person, those four versus Momo, Utami, Sai, and Azumi. That's my dream match. Give him an hour. One day. Just give him an in, hour. Put him back in put him back one day. One day. An eight-person tag match between them. But that was a really, really cool way to kind of 
you know, end the show, which is the four of them, you know, all holding the belts up. And I thought it was really cool that Kyrie, when she, when they won, she took the pink belt. Trivia question for you folks. What belt did she have when they were the artist champions with freedom? Oh yeah. The orange one. No, look. <laughs> the pink belt. The pink belt. On the oh, side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so she took the same belt on that, on the artist she has now that she had with freedom. There you go. There I, mean, you I, go. Do, I do know it was um, six years since she's held the artist belt. That was, that's the only bit of trivia I have. <laughs> yeah. My my one, my last thing about um, Julia's tile reign. So obviously it's ended 115 days. Let's not forget she's followed three reigns that have gone over a year. So the fourth, fifth, and sixth longest stardom reigning World of Stardom champions have all followed one another. My, uh, Suri, 365 days. Mayu, 377 days. Utami, 409 days. It does break it up quite nicely, having that smaller sure. reign. Um, whether Tam holds it, you know, I think it'll probably be about 185, 200 days if she holds it all the way through to Dream Queendom. So having those two smaller reigns, you know, following on from three-year-long feuds, I think it works. I think it works really well. Um, shocking, yes. Um, terrible, no, not by any stretch of the imagination. And Matt, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it looked like a restart. Pun very much instead, intended. Oh, I didn't mean um, that. There you go. You're just, you're just damn good, man. Um, I think it does feel very much like a stardom reset. All of the belts changing hands. No freelancers, by the way, on the next pay-per-view. So no Nanai, no you, there's just main stardom roster. So that should tell you all you need to know. Now, Karen, obviously we're just going to continue for the last probably, I say 15 minutes, or probably another bloody hour, um, just talking through the next card. But and thank you so much for You're joining welcome. us uh, for... And at two and a half hours when you said you only got an hour. I've, I've been multitasking for the last 90 minutes. You have been doing tremendously well with that. So thank you so much. We massively appreciate it. We love having you on. So thank, thank you Thank you so for much. having me. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Karen. Be talk safe. to you later, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Matt, yes, um, uh, we pretty much covered all of the news that we were going to talk about um, uh, in... The, throughout the actual uh, show, I was going to talk about Kidani wanting to make the Yokohama Arena show stardoms like Tokyo Dome, effectively. We talked about Suzu Suzuki. Karen brought up that Suzu Suzuki is going to be at the Comic-Con show um, in Osaka. Um, and then we talked about Suzu Suzuki being on the entirety of the um, Golden Week tour alongside May Sarah. So actually, we've talked a lot about the news that I wanted to talk about. Um, so what we'll do is we will talk about the next two shows that are coming up, um, including the next Stardom pay-per-view, which is going to be the 5th of May. Um, and then I'll throw over to Matt. We'll talk about the Patreon, and then we'll get out of here. Hopefully, uh, before, you know, before the next hour or so, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, I do just want to highlight a tweet from Redleaf Retrocast Bowling JD, who 
put out a really thought-provoking tweet, and he put, there'll be questions asked where Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom will rank in terms of greatest women's wrestling show of all time. It's well-earned. Match-wise, I think there's a discussion. Historical impact, only time will tell. Completely agree with that sentiment. This was, as a standalone show, outstanding. How it impacts stardom going forward, you know, if this does birth a recurring Yokohama Arena show every year, if they do continue with these fantastic attendances, if they do build up US numbers, if it leads to international tours, then yes, you can pinpoint this show as one of the most influential raw women's cards ever. But it's got to have that historical impact. As a show itself, outstanding. Outstanding show. Um, but I'm interested to see how it is going to work historically. Uh, before I kind of touch upon that, uh, the last two matches, uh, your star ratings, sir. Oh, yes. I never gave them the data. Five stars for the main event um, and four and a quarter for uh, Mayu and Mercedes. I just I just thought we went a bit short. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do, I, I do think Mercedes was struggling a little bit, probably with an injury. I mean, you saw the egg on her head, which was actually from the press conference. So she came in with that egg oh, on her head. Oh wow! I do um, so yeah, well, I did. I imagine this, people, because I've, I'm sure I heard something on commentary, but I've seen nothing else about it. Did Mayu lose a tooth? Oh, I didn't even hear that. And I watched the, I watched the uh, that match twice. I might have to go back and watch it when we, uh, when right. we get done here. I, I I thought I heard something on commentary. Maybe when she had footed the belt. I'm sure I heard something on commentary about her losing a tooth, but I'm probably talking nonsense. Please let me know. Um, Anyway, let's talk about these two shows because, as we mentioned, the Stardom Fukuoka pay-per-view, which is actually the 4th of May. I've been saying the 5th. It's the 4th. Fukuoka Goddess Legend. We have got the following cards. There will be a Fukuoka Rumble. And the first person announced for that Fukuoka Rumble, Suzu Suzuki. We've then got, in no particular order, Maiwe Watani and Hanan taking on the Club Venus team of Mariah May and Jesse. Starlight Kid and Ruaka versus Tam Nakano and Siori Anu. I fully expect Starlight Kid to get the pin and become Tam Nakano's first challenge. That is what I think. Um... Suri and Konami, again, Konami on another card, taking on Momo Watanabe and Natsuka Tori. Um, this, this right here could be a main event. Uh, Julia and Micah taking on Aphrodite, Yutami Hayashishita and Saya Kamatani. Oh, that's going to be yeah, good. excited about um, that one. The high-speed championship match is going to be Azumi versus Mycera, as we talked about earlier. The Goddess of Stardom tag belt will be on the line in the semi-main. The New Eras versus Fukuoka Double Crazy, Hazuki and Kogama. And the main event, uh, the Wonder of Stardom Championship, Mina Shirakawa, her first defense will be against, in her post-match promo, she talked about how she wanted this person because she felt like they replaced her in Cosmic Angels while she was out injured, and that, of course, is Natsupoi. So Mina Shirakawa versus Natsupoi in the Wonder of Stardom Championship match main event. So, Matt, as a follow-up pay-per-view to the one that we have just seen, bearing in mind that there's no IWGP Championship defense, there's no Red Belt Championship, how do you feel about this card? 
it's pretty stacked. You have the two title matches. Obviously, you kind of almost have like a, a makeshift dream tag match with Aphrodite versus Julie and Micah. Uh, that's going to be really good. Konami's back. You have Suzu Suzuki in the Rumble. Just kind of, you know, we just talked about how I don't, I like long title reigns. And that's the one kind of negative thing on Julia's thing was a short title reign. And they're doing it with Mina because clearly they're going to put the belt on Natsupoy and just melt up Meltier. And just why they're doing a world tour, they're going to have all the belts. So uh, I'm joking, buddy. You look very serious there. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. I was like, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> you let me get my, you let me get my move in. Just, uh, yeah. Exactly. I was just letting you get it out. If you remember, we're like, Wow, they're doing another pay-per-view like two weeks after uh you know after this one like you know they're gonna have to set something up and they do oh, i'm sorry three title matches you obviously have the new eras versus fwc which is going to be all sorts of fantastic so yeah it looks really really good on paper this is a really good way to capitalize again more eyes on stardom i mean i can't imagine anybody that watched this show that have again there's a lot of new eyes were on this show we're talking about all-star dream queendom um i can't imagine many of the new eyes saying yeah that wasn't for me I, I I think they're just going to get more and more people. It's just going to keep going. I think the promotion is going to keep building. I think you're going to you're going to see this building wherever that wherever the the building is at or whatever they hold. They're going to do very well. I think pay per view buys in Japan are going to do very well. I think pay per view buys in the states are going to do very well. Again, when I understand five times the amount in the states to watch the show, I can't imagine many people were like, no, I'm you know I'm going to go back and watch it. Um, yeah, even the the undercard looks really good. Sherry Team with Konami. I mean, yeah, just keep throwing a whole bunch of kicks. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm fine with that, but everything really looks good. You know, Mayu and Han teaming up uh, with against the Club Venus team. You know, that's something interesting there because they're really pushing Club Venus, and we know Mayu does not eat a lot of pinfalls, and they're really building Hannah up there. Um, so it's like I kind of don't know which way that one's going to go. So um, yeah, uh, really interesting pay per view. Looks really, really good on paper. I have no doubt, my friend, that it's going to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like, I don't want to use the disparaging term of B-level pay-per-view, but it's it's certainly not going to be the same level as All-Star Grand Queen. No. It's not as loaded as that pay-per-view. However, I feel like this is a very, very good follow-up. There aren't going to be any bad matches. Um, you know, take or leave the Fukuoka Rumble, do what you want with that. But again, you've got storylines going on. You've got that fantastic tag match that Matt's already mentioned. And again, keep your eye on Starlight Kid and Ruwaka versus Tam and Sugiori Anu. I fully, fully, fully anticipate Starlight Kid pinning either Tam or Sayori Anu, challenging for the red belt, and maybe that leads to a Wedetai going for the artist of stardom belts as well. If she pins Sayori, yeah, who knows. You get a lot of um, mileage. Out. You get a lot also... of mileage out of that match, my friend. Very good booking. Yeah, you get a lot of mileage out of that. Absolutely, and that's going to be the first match on the main card. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out on that pay per view because it's coming in what two weeks. Um, oh. In fact, as we record, it's next Thursday. Same day as Guardians of the Galaxy. Same week as Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Good week coming up. What a good way to start my birthday. It is. And, of course, Golden Week as well, um, yeah. which all the cards have been released for Golden Week. Um, but as this podcast is already over two and a half hours, I figured I'm probably not going to go through the cards for the next however many weeks. We will be going through, and this seems like as good a time as any, we will be going through all of the uh, Golden Week shows. Obviously, it depends entirely on the Stardom World Upload schedule. We'll try and fit as many as we can in when we can. Um, but again, 
is entirely dependent on uh, on Stardom World. Um, if we get all of the shows and we've got one show to do it, the chances are we'll do what we sometimes do with um, when we've got the whole raft of shows. We'll sort of cherry pick some of the matches that you need to watch off the shows and just read the results. Just because otherwise every podcast we do is going to be three hours. And much as you think you want that, you don't want that. You don't want that. Every You, you don't want to have to carve out three hours a week to listen to us. You, you think you might do. Trust me. You don't. Thanks to everybody um, that has said that they like the long podcast. We'll get them recording. Like, oh, God, we're going to get so much heat for it. And then like the next day or two, like, we love the long podcast. I'm like, okay, thank thank you. If you love the long podcasts, we thank you. We <laughs> Thank you. We don't mean them to go this long. It's just we end up talking and just digressing. Um, the final thing I want to talk about then before we do wrap up, talk about the Patreon and things like that, is uh, the New Blood 8 card that is going to be uh on the 12th of may i believe so that's coming up very very quickly as well they had a press conference for that um and we have the full card so what we've got is waka sukiyama versus aya sakura we have got hanan and hina versus tomoka and azusa inaba so we've got the sisters from stardom taking on the inaba sisters judo versus karate so that should be very very tasty we have got may sakurai and chanyota taking on suzu suzuki and may sarah interesting uh nanai takahashi versus ruaka in another of her passion injection matches uh miyu amasaki versus momo watanabe and then we've got two title matches the future of stardom championship amisori versus rena um starlight kid and karma will defend the new blood tag titles for the first time against lady c and hanako and then in the main event and again I'm not entirely sure the mat is going to be okay. Um, <laughs> the main event of new... It might not be the main event. It's how it's written at the moment, so it might change. But uh, our main event is Tam Nakano against Tam Nakano. Um, no, it's it's Nao Ishikawa. Um, but I believe a freelancer who spends a lot of time in Ice Ribbon. Um, someone said that her gimmick is basically Tam, but in Ice Ribbon. So, but she looks, it's quite scary. She looks the absolute spitting image of Tam. It's like, oh my God, is that Tam? Um, but yeah, they're going to have a match. It is quite fitting that Tam wins the red belt and then allocates the first person to fight her, be herself. Um, <laughs> Sure, why not? Um, overall, though, in terms of the eight new blood cards that we've had so far, it feels like this one is probably the strongest one. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Especially the way that Miyu's been being built, and then she's going up against Momo. I'm really that's. I think that's a match that could be the sleeper. Uh, obviously, you have the the Tam versus Tam thing. I had somebody that messaged me saying that uh, the other Tam. Um, I'll, I'll promise I'll, I will know her name by the time we, we review the show. But even when she throws her tire suplex and her German suplex, like her form and her bridging is very much copy and paste from Tam. And uh, I guess, you know, I guess speaking to a former teacher, copying a good partner, I, I don't know. So 
we'll see regardless but I just, absolutely <laughs> i just thought like the press conference and everything was so funny and then even tam was like are you a spy from julia which right there is already planting the seeds that this feud is not over by any stretch of the imagination which just i thought paranoia. was paranoia i yeah. love that i love that <laughs> right, just, she had, she had just that... <laughs> she's freaking out yeah absolutely absolutely um but yeah new blood eight looks like a solid show um i actually think it looks better than um new blood premium if i'm yeah. perfectly honest um with the exception of obviously that great main event um with wacker and tan versus nanai and Kyrie. um but overall should be a decent enough card that is coming up on the 12th of may we will of course give you a full preview the week after next so next week as we record, will be our preview of Fukuoka Goddess Legend, which is just seems like they've just come up with every good <laughs> word and just clump them together in a so pay-per-view much. name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll talk about whatever um, Golden Week shows are up on Stardom World. If they aren't, we won't talk about them. We'll leave them until the next week. And then the week after that, we will preview New Blood 8. Um uh, in the meantime, of course, um, Matt, next week, in fact, the 1st of May, Monday, the 1st of May, which is a bank holiday in England. I don't know if you have bank holidays Ooh. in America, but it means that everyone gets a random day off. Don't know why, um, but we all get a day off. Anyway, that is the day that our new Patreon launches. The Stardom Cast Extra revamped is going to be launching the 1st of May. I'm very, very, very excited. We've got loads and loads of cool things coming your way. Alternate commentaries, fancy booking, um, what ifs, all that sort of thing. Roundtable discussions, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, but this week, the remainder of this week, Matt, what is coming up on the Patreon? Let me know. Well, we released a whole bunch of stuff this week. Uh, we obviously, Rob and I did our alternate commentary. Three, We dropped three episodes on the Patreon on Monday, uh, as if this week wasn't loaded enough with this stellar show. Rob and I did our alternate commentary of Kyrie versus Yoko Bito. Had an absolute blast, as always, partner doing that. Also, Shiri's. It was a bonus episode. This was just a thank you for all the new Patreon members. So this is one, three, five dollar tier. Shiri's complete World of Stardom Championship run. I did a review on that. Uh, that was an absolute blast going back, watching the matches and then doing the review. And then Kyrie's uh, complete World of Stardom Championship review. All that, all that was dropped this week on the Patreon. Next week, Monday. Again, I mentioned that last week I made a mistake. I do not know how to read a calendar. So uh, the uh, Kyrie versus Io Shirai from the Five Star Grand Prix. <laughs> Um, that is going to be released on uh, Monday, May 1st. So I guess that's kind of a, an improper way of the universe giving, maybe giving us a mulligan and saying, hey, we're going to start off this new yep. Patreon by doing the watch along of Kyrie versus EO. Um, so that's what we have uh, basically coming up this week. There is still, I believe, probably by the time this episode drops, there may be a few hours left to vote for what the biweekly Patreon episode will be. Uh, again, you have My Hemi Boys. Artist run, the Suzu Suzuki 2022, her complete five-star run, which it looks like that's going to be a lock to uh, to be a winner because that is winning quite a bit. Uh, Luki, every single one of her white belt uh, championship attempts and Sai Kanatani's 2021 Cinderella tournament. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you probably have a few hours left to vote on what you would like for me to do for the bi-weekly Patreon coming up in the month of uh, May. Um. And just off the back of uh, 
what Matt was talking about. Obviously, we know we ran the Cinderella tournament uh, competition. We have not forgotten about that. Um, it's just that with it being such a bizarre tournament um, that nobody got close. Um, just just to give you some indication, not one person had Mike. Uh, sorry, had May Sakurai in the final. Not one person had Mirai in the final either so uh, and, and nobody had them as winners obviously um nobody had amisori as a winner and absolutely nobody had waka sukiyama so uh, we're gonna work out how best to allocate a prize yeah we'll just maybe um, just do one winner yeah i'll figure something out that i'll send something to somebody <laughs> we'll have to get yeah, together because <laughs> because lord knows oh no i'm sorry one person one person had mirai in the sem in the semi-finals, um, uh, but did anyone have Amisori? Uh, one person had Amisori in the semi-finals, so ooh, you might be, you might be our winner if it's the same person. Uh, nobody had May Sakurai in the semi-finals, mm-hmm. let alone the final. Bless her. Um, uh, before but- I forget, partner, I mean, I mean, since we're on, we're live here, we can do a little show and tell. Um, the new Patreon $25 tier every six months, you do get a portrait of any two stardom wrestlers or one big one that you want for my daughter, Lily. And I'm literally sitting at her art table when we're doing this. So I may as well take advantage. And this is what she did for me for Christmas. So you can get that. Oh, it does look cool. Yeah. And then there's this one's probably my favorite just because she's been popping really well with the colors. Is this Aphrodite? Yep. And then if you or so you can get the two, or you can get one giant one. Ah, nice. Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I, <laughs> so that's that. So I just figured, <laughs> hey, I figured while we had the uh, the cameras here. So that's if you're wondering what the twenty five dollar tier is, when you're looking at like what what can I possibly get on the art design? You get that every six months. You get one big one, or you can get a tag team. Or you can do like Mayu versus EO, you know, w- you know, we'll work with you. So I just figured we had that opportunity. I figured I should, and I literally just have the stack of stuff she's done right here. So I figured I'd take advantage of that opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and that's us done, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate. Thank you for sticking with us um in this second absolute goliath episode we've done over the last couple of weeks we seem to be doing very little else apart from pumping out huge podcast episodes so we do appreciate you hanging around we do appreciate you listening we appreciate all the support we get we also um, really do appreciate our new patrons and all of our patrons in fact including our two brand new patrons ryan lamaya and edward mckay as well thank you so much for subscribing we massively massively appreciate it um if you want to help the podcast out but can't subscribe to the patreon that's absolutely fine we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review on apple we are so close so close to being more exposed to people and in a good way like please (laughs) it would really really help us out if you think we've earned it obviously we'd massively massively appreciate it check out the website www.thestardomcast.com 
um.co.uk.com.com, not.co.uk, <laughs> um, with all of our podcast archive episodes. We've got title histories, championships, rosters and factions, tournament statistics, everything you need to get into stardom, including a match guide that is growing every single day, all the way through the years, including links to Stardom World, Daily Motion, YouTube, um, wherever you can watch these great matches. Um, you can find us on social media at the Stardom Cast. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin and Matt. Sounds off, good sir. Absolutely. Um, if anybody is in the uh, Scranton area this Friday, I'll be wrestling for a new wrestling company. Byo Wrestling means bring your own wrestling. Twenty one or over. I can't wait to review this next next uh, week, Rob. Twenty one or over. Bring I'm your excited. own alcohol, and uh, we'll be wrestling during a punk rock show. So twenty years doing this that and amazing. Is, yes, twenty years doing it never ceases to amaze me. The new stuff I get. So if you're in the Scranton area, come and say hello. Come to my merch table. If you tell me that you subscribe to the Stardom Cast, I will give you a free T-shirt of your choice. So how about that? What better? What better way? So yeah, fantastic. Um, folks, if you want to get a hold of me, Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. Social media is not your thing. We completely understand. Hit up the email, the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via the email. Once again, folks, we can't say thank you enough for just the amazing support that we see literally on a daily basis. Blows our mind every time we take a look at the numbers and just how fast this podcast is climbing and uh, really no limit in sight. And that's because of you, the fantastic friends and family of the Stardom Cast. We cannot do this without you because like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 